Greetings and welcome, all you commanders, eagles, and angels. This is Frank Bird, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Tara and Rama's Hard News on Friday nights on BBS Radio Station 1. We're grateful that you're joining us here tonight. And we'd like to take a few moments to set the tone for the evening and go into our heart space. So take a few gentle breaths. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. This cleansing breath gently and slowly as we let go of that dross of the day. We go into our heart space. We gather with our guides and guardians, our spirit teams, our healing teams, our ancestors, whoever you'd like to join with as we work with this Kimi drum. Now, the council fire is in the center, so let's gather around that council fire in that virtual way we know how to do. As we call in these seven galactic directions in the Mayan tradition with the king drum. Welcome from the east, the house of light. May wisdom open in the dawn that is upon us, so that we may see all things in clarity. 
welcome to the north, the house of night. May wisdom mature among us so that we may see everything from within. And we greet from the West, the house of transformation. May wisdom be transformed into right action so that we might accomplish what must be done. We greet from the South, the house of eternal sun. May right action give us the harvest so that we might enjoy the fruits of the planetary being. We welcome from above the house of paradise where the ancestors gather. May their blessings reach us now. And we welcome from below the house of the earth. May the beating of the crystal planet's heart bless us with its harmony so that we might end war. And we welcome from the central source of the galaxy, which is everywhere at once. May everything be recognized as the light of mutual love. Ayam, Hunaku, even Maya, Imaho. Ayam, Hunaku, even Maya, Imaho. Ayam, Hunaku, even Maya, Imaho. All hail the harmony of mind and nature. In Lakash Shalakin, I am another you, and you are another me. So just stay wherever that drumbeat took you, and I take a few moments to talk about the Mayan record of days for today and for the week ahead. Today is the 13 Chuan, which means it's the last day of the wave of Kawak, the storm. And this 13 tone is that, is that promise of change. And it's key words that represent 13 or transcend presence and endure. And Chuan, the monkey, key words are play, illusion, and magic. So this is the mantra for today. I endure in order to play, transcending illusion. I feel the process of magic with the cosmic tone of presence. 
I am guided by the power of vision. And that that one is the Blue Eagle is our guide today. So the occult power today is the white dog. And the ally today is the yellow star. And our challenge teacher today is the red dragon. So that's where we are. And this day is a special day. It is, it's a one, 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 one. <laughs> so it's January, which is one, and it's a 19, which is a one, and it adds up to a one with the 2024. And then the Ken today is 91, so it's also a one. 1094. So we've got four ones. We got a real portal day working with us. Lots of lots of creating new new realities going on. So may the divine peace be with you, the, the divine force, as we work with these energies today. And let's look at two and just a little bit more. This, this day, this monkey day, it's an artist aspect. And it's about balancing work and play and paying attention to clarity of mind and that wise use of magical artistry. So we embrace these gifts of innocence and spontaneity, that ability to play and laugh and and enjoy ourselves. So let's let go of any insensitivity, any jadedness or any resistance to compassion as we embrace these energies today. And so then moving on to tomorrow, we begin a new wave, and it's the wave of Ebb, the human. And so that's the the yellow magnetic human day. And um, this is a... This is also when we enter this age of Aquarius with the sun going into Aquarius and Pluto. So the guidance for this wave of ebb that we are embarking on starting tomorrow is is being that we we are the giveaway to the people and and it's a time to be in right relations with all the beings of the planet. So we'll be going to be doing our our human work for the next 13 days, starting tomorrow. So let's work with this ebb, the healer, the healer aspect. So our work is enlightenment of humankind. It's activating cosmic consciousness, and it's attuning to spirit. So we have these gifts of being that human servant warrior. We have a gift of abundance in our contact with other dimensions. So let's let go of any dependence on the analytical mind as we work with this energy tomorrow and and this way for the next two weeks, 13 days. And then moving on to Sunday, it's a portal day, and it's a two-ben, the red lunar skywalker. Ben is the warrior aspect. And it's about focusing and striving towards self-elimination. It's about clarity. So we embrace these gifts of bend, of strength and that ability to bend dimensions as we let go of any resistance to faith or any belief in aloneness. We embrace these energies. And it's portal day Sunday, so 
that it's the red lunar skywalkers. We're working with that two-tone, that bouncing, finding stability in opposites. So um, we do that extra dimensionally with this portal energy that's happening. And since Ben is so good at working in different dimensions, that'll be easy to do. <laughs> we'll feel that extra dimensionality. Then moving on to Monday, it's the White Electric Magician. It's a, it's a three each. And so each the magician is a visionary aspect, and it's about the illumination for others and, and about clarity of mind and purpose. So we embrace these gifts with that shaman, that jaguar medicine, the gift of integrity and working in accordance with divine will as we work with the magician. So we let go of any control or any personal power issues or any manipulation as we work with this energy. So that's Monday, and then on Tuesday we have the four men, which is the blue self-existing eagle. And that eagle is an, also a visionary aspect. So we're working with our commitment to service and we're moving consciousness to source and we're reconnecting with all creation as we see that big picture. We embrace these gifts of independence and the belief in ourselves. So let's let go of any feelings of despair or any dissociation or any illusion of separateness as we embrace these energies on, on Tuesday. And then we have another portal day on Wednesday, which is the five keys, the yellow overtone warrior. That overtone is that harmonics and uh, that five tone. So, and key is the warrior aspect. So we're working with trusting in our journey and bringing awareness to the right action. So we embrace these gifts of that communication with the divine and that access to cosmic consciousness. So let's let go of any limitations, any restrictions, or any hesitation as we embrace these energies. And as a portal day, it'll be extra dimensional as well. So then on Thursday, moving on, it's a sixth kaban, the red rhythmic earth, which means its guide is also the earth. So we're working with a double earth energy, and it's a full moon at 12.54 p.m. Eastern time, and the full moon is in real. So the heart energy is, is we're working with. So let's embrace these energies on Thursday. Um, this Kabbalah energy is a healing aspect, and it's about being that keeper of the earth and our awareness of earth energy. So we embrace these gifts of having that access to planetary harmony and being that balancing point, working with our intuition. So let's let go of any separation, any failure to read the signs, or any dissociation as we embrace these energies on Thursday. And then when we come back on Friday, it's a seven X knob, which is the white resonant mirror. That resonant tone is that top of the mountain. And uh, that connection to heaven to earth, earth to heaven. So 
Etch knob is another warrior aspect, and it's the mirror. It's also the cutting tool. So we we work on our groundedness with this energy and that wise use of honesty and self-understanding, the mirror. So Simbrecci's gifts of scrying the unseen and that fluidity and that persistence that mirror shows us. As we let go of any illusion of separateness, any fear, or any abandonment, all illusions. <laughs> so we embrace these energies on Friday. We'll talk about it some more next Friday when we get there. The white resonant mirror day. Um, but I'd like to change my hat and talk for a few minutes about the housekeeping. As we are listener supported radio program, it's all of us that make it happen. And we're needing extra people to reach in their pockets and participate in this way as as it makes it easier for all of us and it makes it happen in a good way for our services with CBS Radio. This week, we need $204.50 for each week and uh, we need two more weeks. Uh, it will be $612. Oh, no, it's actually 603 because we have a little bit in PayPal. So we need $603 to complete the month. And um, so we do need to begin uh, receiving donations from, from the people. So as you haven't contributed before, this is how you do it. You want to go into your heart space. See what is yours to give, and then go to bbsradio.com. There on the homepage, right at the top, you'll see the schedule for Radio Station 1, Radio Station 2. We have two programs on Radio Station 1, and they're at the 8 o'clock hour, which is, these are all central time. And so you'll see on that schedule at 8 o'clock on Thursday, a night at the round table with a panel. And as you click on that icon that is there on that listing, that'll take you directly to our account with BBS Radio where you can make a donation using your bank card in any amount. And so thank you for taking that action. And so for this program, the hard news on Friday night, you'll see it listed at the 8 o'clock hour. You can click on that icon as well to reach our account. And then we have a program on Saturdays on Radio Station 2, and it's at the 3.30 hour. It'll be listed there, and you can click on that icon, and that takes you to our account. So any one of those three places will take you right there where you can use your bank card and make that donation. So we're grateful. We're grateful for your contributions, and you're grateful for your presence here and and, uh, doing the work that we do and being a part of it. So there's all kinds of ways we can show up and make this, <laughs> do what we do and show up in our lives. And this is a good way to make this happen as we gather each week this way. We become family and we support the work that that we do with, um, with BBS Radio. We're grateful for all of their services. They, they do a lot and, and they're committed to their work. So we're grateful for all that they do for us as well. So thank you for taking that action. Thank you for being a new person to participate. The more the merrier, as we can get this done in a good way, it's a, it's a good thing.
um, we have archives and we have all kinds of things going on through their services. So thank you for showing up and participating in this way. And we're also assisting Tara and Rama with their needs. And this week they need money for gas and food and, and basics. So $200 will meet that need. And here's how you make a donation to Tara and Rama. You want to access their PayPal account. And so you do that by going to the web address, which is rainbowroundtable.net. And there on the homepage, you'll see a donate link at the top on the bar. Or as you click on the menu grid, it'll be near the bottom of that list. The donate link will take you directly to the Rainbow Roundtable PayPal account where you can make a donation any amount. And as you know, when you're using PayPal, you can access the friends option, but you have to have the email address to do that. So write this down. This is the email address you need for accessing the, the friends option. Put that in the gift, the, the gifting slot there. And this is the address. It is Koran, K-O-R-A-N, nine 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 four nine at hotmail dot com. So you need that when you're making that using that gifting option, so be sure you write that down, you have that um uh, to do that way. Either way is perfect, but we're grateful for all your great gifts. So no matter how they show up. <laughs> but that's how you do it with the friends option is having that email. So it was Koran9999 at hotmail.com. So thank you for taking that action. Uh, we're grateful for all that Tara and Rama do. And so they have their bills paid for the, for, for the time being and $200 is all they need for their living expenses. But we need to take care of business and make sure they have it. So thank you for making that contribution. And as you're sending something to Tara and Rama, let Rama know that you sent something in that address for his email is Koran999 at Comcast.net. And then as you need it, the mailing address is Ram. D. Berkowitz, R-A-M-D, Berkowitz, B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z, Post Office Box, 28028, and that's in Santa Cruz, New Mexico, where the zip is 87567, and I'll say it again, Post Office Box, 280, Santa Cruz, New Mexico, Eight seven five six seven. So there you have it. All the information. We are so grateful for your contributions and all the ways that you show up in your life. So thirteen thank yous and honey in the heart. And I'm passing this talking stick, and it's got winter snowflakes all over it. <laughs> uh, and Quetzalcoatl is there, and that sort of truth and all kinds of fairies and feathers and magical beasts, like the dragons and the unicorns are there. So greetings, Tara and Rama. Here comes this talking stick. Welcome. 
Thank you, Rainbird. Thank, Thank you, you, Rainbird. Greetings. Greetings, everyone. We just want to ask again, we request that um, as you realize that there is a time and a place for everything, and now is the time for peace declared around the world, and for, you might say, taking down the old board. We talk about the old board, the old, the old way of doing things, which is corrupt to the core. Yes. And it's not fun anymore for most people. And we'll put this new board up. And so uh, we're just requesting for new folks to see what you can contribute. Uh, and so that because we are out of the matrix, you might say, as a part of what we do to bring the new dispensation of peace, global peace into the world. So we are doing this work by donation. So your donations make a big difference. They do indeed. A big difference. Uh, and Rainbird was pretty clear. We need $603.81 for the rest of the month in terms of BBS radio. And this station has been the, the, the window to the world uh, for uh, us. Yes. And we are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, BBS Radio. Thank you. Being here now, as Ram Das would say. <laughs> um, yes, we would like to have this come in in a good way. So we're done with the first week, as Rainbird said. And uh, we're also done with the second week, right? Because it's, so it's the 19th. So by Sunday, we'll be done with the third week. So... In a sense, we need to catch up by uh, 20450 plus 19481. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, everyone. And um, you go to rainbowroundtable.net. And then you scroll down to where it says donate. I'm just repeating this. It's really important. And as you can just... You know, five ten dollars by uh, life twenty thirty people, and we can catch up here, uh, and and then some more. So, and as you can, just uh, think of uh, uh, contributing, so we can. Uh, you might say, uh, get the Sarah enacted sooner than later, because as we. And um, please come and enjoy what we have to share and all of the wonderful people that we are connected with uh, that we can share that are on Gaia TV. And that's what we play a lot of. So thank you, everyone. And we won't be playing uh, hard, uh, even though this is titled Hard News. Everything's related to the hard news in the sense, but the hard news is really hard right now. It's really hard. I heard a story on All In with Chris Hayes this, this evening that, uh, what's that guy's name? Sessions, his first name? Jeff. No, the, the guy from Virginia. 
or whatever. Anyway, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. That's his name. Hey. He didn't like that poverty was being dramatically reduced by the child tax credit. So he he nixed it. So what Chris Hayes was saying is that the Congress, they mitigated the disaster of not doing anything. So they made something that brought a reduction in child poverty back down when uh, Joe Manchin uh, and his cohorts of the Republican kind, you know, they, first of all, I guess, I guess Joe Manson, Manchin's uh, in name only a Democrat, but he's not really. And uh, anyway, um, the ones that are interested in all children being well-nourished, not malnourished, and, uh, you know, doesn't matter rich or poor. There's one other thing that's really a good idea. It's called universal basic income. In other words, uh, enough for the people to be able to get back on their feet for whatever reason that they are not on their feet at the moment. And the suggestion is anywhere from $500 to $1,500 a month. And it has been experimented on, in, I know, in, in Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah. And they ended all of the homelessness. They, they put peop, everybody in a home. Uh, and again, the... The it it saved this it saved Salt Lake City a lot of money because homelessness has all kinds of uh, other costs, crime and things that go on when people are homeless. All right, we were we're gonna just say that today, uh, Rama received a text message from Lady Nada at 11:55 a.m. late this morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, Indonesia is taking. Israel to the International Court of Justice as the second country in the world to do so after South Africa. Very good. For unlawfully occupying Palestine for over 70 years. And Lady Nada said, you were just one year old, Rama, when this all began in 1954. Yes. This ancient story of invasion and occupation is over. It is time for Sat Yuga. Sat Yuga is a hundred thousand plus years of peace. Uh, yes, we can. Starting tomorrow, Pluto goes into Aquarius and it stays in Pluto until 2044. And that's transformation in our face every day. Yes, we can. All we are saying is give peace a chance. All right, let's start that. You wanna, What are you going to play? Oh, I'm going to play this first. We're going to play Bernie. All right. Well, let me play Bernie. Mm -hmm. This is uh, Bernie Sanders uh, with Chris Hayes. And he was not a happy camper. So we're going to play this anyway. Here we go. Mr. President, let us be clear. The reason as to why this resolution must be passed today is that right now, Right now, as we speak, hundreds of thousands of children in Gaza, innocent children, are starving. 
right before our eyes. We cannot turn away. We must act. We have passed the 100-day mark of the Hamas deadly attack on Israel on October 7th, which killed over 1,200 Israelis, and over 120 Israeli hostages taken on that day still remain to this day in Hamas custody. It has also passed the 100-day mark of Israel's subsequent bombardment of Gaza in response to the Hamas attacks. And in that time, more than 24,000 Palestinians in Gaza have been killed, nearly half of them children. The situation has been dire for a while, but it just gets worse and worse. I mean, from everything we can gather from reporters there and international aid organizations, UN human rights experts warning a quarter of the population, a quarter are starving, but famine is imminent. You might have seen videos of people essentially rioting when food trucks come in, so desperate to feed themselves. Yesterday, Senator Bernie Sanders took to the floor of the Senate urging his colleagues to pass a resolution asking for accountability that will require the Biden administration to report on possible, quote, violations of internationally recognized human rights by the government of Israel. And to certify that, quote, no unit of the Israeli security forces receiving U.S. assistance has committed any gross violations of human rights. Only 11 senators of 100 supported moving the resolution to even be considered for a vote. The vast majority voted to just table it without even bringing it to a vote. Joining me now, Senator Bernie Sanders, independent of Vermont. He chairs the Health, Education, and Labor Committee. It's good to have you, Senator. First, so some context here. My understanding is that it is already the case under U.S. law, and this is due to things that happened during the Cold War, which is found the U.S. was, the US was supplying arms to various governments that were using those arms then for human rights abuses, that it's already a part of U.S. law that the State Department has to certify when they give weapons to anyone, doesn't matter who it is, that those weapons are not being used to violate international humanitarian That's law. right. Chris, this is a long-standing law that says something that's very sensible. If the taxpayers of this country are providing military equipment to any nation on Earth, we have to make sure that that country is using it consistent with international law and human rights. This is long-standing. That's correct. And so you're, explain to me what the vote was on yesterday in, in that context. What the vote was on yesterday was to have the State Department do a study on whether or not uh, Israel was violating international law and human rights. Uh, and given the fact that many of the weapons that Israel has used in the last 100 days come from the United States of America. Uh, we certainly have a right uh, to know that. Um, my view from day one, Chris, has been uh, that Israel has the right to respond to Hamas's barbaric attack on October 7th, but they do not have the right to go to war against the entire Palestinian people, which is what we are seeing right now. And as you've just mentioned, the humanitarian situation in Gaza now is unbelievably bad, and we're looking at the possibility of hundreds of thousands of children starving. We cannot allow that to happen. You know, we've, we've had reporting throughout here, and I think it's quite established that the, the Biden administration, through Secretary Blinken, through Jake Sullivan, uh, even in person-to-person in -person calls between the president and, and Benjamin Netanyahu, have been urging a timeline, a vision for a post-conflict form of reconstruction, to ratchet down the intensity and, and scale of bombardment. As of yet, that doesn't seem like it's happening. I just wonder, like, 
as a U.S. senator, do you does anyone have any sense of a timeline here? Is this when this might when this phase of this war might end? I think there is a huge frustration when we see President Biden appropriately saying that he is concerned about indiscriminate bombing and the humanitarian disaster, urging Netanyahu and his right wing government to do the right thing. And Netanyahu basically says, hey, you know, screw you. We will do exactly what we want to do and when we want to do it. So the bombing right now, you know, what we are looking at, I want people to appreciate this. 70% of the housing units in Gaza have been damaged or destroyed. You know, 1.9 million people who have been displaced from their homes. They need food, they need water, they need medical supplies. As I mentioned a moment ago, children are now on the verge of starvation. This is not what the people of America want when they provide billions of dollars to Israel. And it's high time that we told Netanyahu that he's not getting another nickel unless he radically changes his attitude uh, towards uh, the Palestinian people and the nature of his military campaign. Uh, Two of your colleagues, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was uh, uh, Senator Van Hollen and Senator Merkley, both went to Rafa. Uh, that, of course, is the, 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 the border town between Gaza and Egypt proper. Um, and Jeff Merkley wrote this. I just want to read it to you and get your reaction because there's a bunch of issues in getting that humanitarian aid in. Senator Merkley writing that trucks filled with food, water, and medical supplies are lined up waiting to be granted entry into Gaza. Even if all the items on a truck have been pre-approved by Israel to ensure they are not, quote, dual-use items that have a potential military purpose, Israeli authorities can and do still reject some items as an inspection site. And then this is interesting. And if a single item is rejected, the entire truckload right. is rejected. How how concerned are people, you and your colleagues, about the specter of mass starvation, which is what the World Food <laughs> Program is warning about? To me, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, how do you concern? I, I would hope that we're more than concerned. We are sitting here supplying the Netanyahu government with the arms they need and in the process of starving hundreds of thousands of children. Concern is too uh, modesty word. Uh, we have got to act and we've got to act now. What Merkley was talking about is not only is the bombing making it impossible for trucks. You know, if you're a truck driver trying to deliver your goods, right. you're not going to do it when you get involved. But in addition to that, what Israel has done uh, at the border has made it extremely difficult uh, for these trucks to get through. And bottom line here is we cannot turn our backs on the enormous, the enormity of the suffering that is now taking place in Gaza. We have got to act. You are uh, a Jewish American. You are you have family uh, uh, that was killed by Hitler. You've talked about that. You're the closest, uh, I think, any American uh, Jewish candidate has ever come to the presidency, or at least a nomination. Um, and you were in Israel in the kibbutz in your youth. This has been just a wrenching time, I think, for international American Jews. What do you feel and think as a Jew watching all this play out in these last hundred days? Well, you know, Chris, what I would hope that no matter what my religious background is, I would respond accordingly. You know, if this was taking place uh, in Italy or in Ireland, I would feel the same way. But I have to tell you, having spent months in Israel as a kid, 
uh, knowing the history of anti-Semitism and the Holocaust, uh, for me to see a right-wing Israeli government um, create this kind of misery uh, in Gaza uh, is extraordinarily upsetting. No question about that. Senator Bernie Sanders, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is all in on this Wednesday night. Alex Weiser, tonight starts right now. Good evening, Alex. All right. Oh, my. Thank you, Bernie. When he gets airtime like that on a main network, he's making a big difference. What? What? Oh. (laughs) Okay, Rama wants to play one more thing. And let's really... Let's really listen to this, too, because this is from the Aurora Ray uh, uh, message. And what's it called, Rama? A Journey to Another Dimension, Revealing the Mystery of Multiverse Wonders. Here we go. Time for a trip. How about A Journey to Another Dimension? Dear ones, have you ever been on a trip to another dimension? I mean, a journey that actually takes you to another dimension? I'm sure you've all had the fantasy at one point in your lives. Who hasn't dreamt of getting lost in the multiverse and exploring alternate universes where there are giants and even multiple versions of themselves? Well, today we're going to talk about just that how it is possible to go on actual trips to other dimensions. But first, let's talk about what a dimension is, for clarity's sake. There are an infinite number of universes in existence, but our universe is only one of these universes. Now, doesn't the thought of this blow your mind? I mean, having an infinite number of universes to choose from is an awe-inspiring idea. How many times have you wished that you could travel to a parallel universe where you would be happier and life would be so much more exciting? Don't get me wrong. I love our universe. It's not like there are any other places where I can go and find my doppelganger who will be my best friend. But I would love to visit some other dimensions just for fun and see what they're all about. This is a trip that probably won't happen unless you believe in quantum physics. In quantum physics, there's a theory. Did Harvard University just find a way to restore crystal clear 2020 vision without glasses? The many worlds interpretation that says that there are parallel universes or dimensions. Essentially, it says everything that can happen does happen. This means that our universe is only one of an infinite number of universes out there. Imagine this scenario. You have a friend who lives across town and you want to go over to visit them? You get in your car and drive over to their house, but take the wrong turn somewhere along the way and end up lost. This leads you to take another wrong turn, then another and another until eventually you arrive at a completely different destination from the one you intended. What happened here? Well, these were all possible outcomes for your trip although some were less likely than others. However, because of the many choices you were presented with and the decisions you made, you ended up at one particular destination rather than another. In much the same way, 
Various possibilities exist for every decision we make in life. And so, our reality is only one outcome among many possible outcomes for each moment in our lives. For most people, this idea seems far-fetched and incomprehensible, but it's actually a fairly easy concept. Let's say that we are already in one of the universes, and there are an infinite number of universes out there that exist in parallel to ours. As space is expanding at an exponential rate, it is logical to assume that time is also expanding exponentially in different dimensions. In each dimension, time flows at a different rate relative to the other dimensions. This means that any given point in time in one dimension can be before or after another point in time in another dimension. What can we do with this information? At any given point in time, there are multiple realities that exist. In some realities, you are happy, while in others, you are not so lucky. There can be a reality where you never had acne or one where you have been attacked by zombies. It all depends on which dimension you go to. Imagine you are standing on a street corner in New York City. Now, imagine there is a parallel universe, just like this one, where all the people look the same and all the buildings appear identical. The only difference is that in this universe, you decided to take a different route to work that morning and you are standing on a street corner in Chicago. In another parallel universe, you might be standing on a street corner in London or Paris, maybe even Berlin. In fact, there may be an infinite number of parallel universes where at any given moment, you are standing on an infinite number of street corners all over the world. We already know that there are alternate realities out there. It's what we call the multiverse. Multiple universes existing simultaneously. There's no way to prove this conclusively because these alternate realities are too far outside our grasp for us to ever interact. At first, it may seem impossible to move to another dimension, but if you think about it, we already travel to other dimensions of reality each time we dream. In fact, scientist Paul Davies believes that dreams can transport us to other universes. Our universe isn't the only one. There are other universes out there. Remember the popular TV series Fringe? It was based on this very idea of traveling to parallel universes and different dimensions. But wait. Before you book your tickets to these parallel universes, there's something more interesting and more complicated about this. I'm not referring to something impossible. The fact is, there are indeed other realities out there. They are not only possible, but they are extremely real. Even NASA agrees. In fact, many scientists believe we live in 10 dimensions. We can't see them because they exist in different dimensions or planes of reality. Therefore, they are invisible to us. Imagine a long hallway with numerous rooms on each side. You enter one room, our reality, and leave through the back door into another room, a parallel dimension. Each room exists at the same time as all the others, but you can only be in one room at a time. According to many researchers, like Greg Braden and Nassim Haramein, space and time are not what we think they are. Space isn't empty at all. 
It's actually filled with a kind of energy or information referred to as a quantum. This is something I've always wanted to believe in. There has to be a place that's better than this one, right? And if there are infinite universes, then there must be one out there where we're all happier and everything is better. Well, can we travel to another dimension when you're still stuck with your boring life here on Earth? This question is answered by Dr. Michio Kaku in his video. In an interview with Big Think, he explained that the technological advancements of our generation would make it possible for us to travel between parallel universes. Kaku said, I have concluded that we are actually part of a vast and complex multiverse where parallel universes abound. He added, it seems like science fiction. We have these multiple universes where Harry Potter can play Quidditch on an interstellar level and you can do magic. I think when we look at the laws of physics today, all signs are pointing in the direction that there are indeed parallel universes. He said, we love you dearly. We are here with you. We are your family of light. We are the Galactic Federation. Aho. This is a message to humanity from Aurora Ray, ambassador of the Galactic Federation. Okay, everybody, that's really good. Um, so, Rama. Mm. Um, okay, well, I'll just read. Penny was wondering if we were going to play Democracy Now!, just wanted to let everybody know we're not going to play Democracy Now! on Fridays, even though this is the hard news, just because it's so hard. It's so disturbing that to play it on a late night show like this is not healthy for getting a good rest. <laughs> That's right. So, um, and we may or may not play it tomorrow either. We'll see. Um, uh, I have just heard about another thing that we could play tomorrow that might be even better. <laughs> so, but to say the least, um, there's two more states, two more countries, excuse me, that are coming on board. Uh, and, and this is one of the headlines from uh, Democracy Now! Um, Mexico and Chile call on the International Criminal Court. Oh, that's the ICC, not the ICJ. Mm-hmm. The International Criminal Court is totally corrupt and com- compromised. But never mind. The people of Mexico and the people of Chile are still doing their part, and that makes a difference. And there'll be mar- more squawking about this, that's for sure. So anyway, so Mexico and Chile call on the ICC to investigate Israel's assault on Gaza as death total nears 25,000. And just go ahead and double it. Penny, I mean, uh, 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 Amy has been pretty much saying that we have no way of knowing there's so many people under the rubble. She's kind of indicated there's at least double two. She's said it a couple of times in her own way. So this is a real disaster here. And the intention is not of good intent. Uh, and same thing here. Uh, Netanyahu rejects Palestinian statehood. Who are you, God? Oh, God, <laughs> says Israel must control region from the river to the sea. That's another way of stating completely annihilate all the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what he's saying. And Biden's in the same 
cow dung, you might say. Biden says U.S. will continue to bomb Yemen. Yemen didn't do anything. The Houthis are not the Yemenese people. This is another indication that Biden doesn't seem to care that people get killed when you bomb a whole country because you don't like something that a group in the country is doing. And so the, the statement is Biden says U.S. will continue to bomb Yemen even though strikes have not stopped the Houthi attacks. So kill some more civilians, why don't you? Okay, we better go. Rama, give everybody the information so you can come and join us, everybody, on our conference call. Um, the number is 720-716-7301. And the PIN code is 353-863-POUND. All right, everybody. We will see you there on the conference call. And then we'll be right back here. Uh, the next top of the next hour at BBS Radio, best radio in your neighborhood. All right. Aloha, everyone. See you there. Oh
Precious Art, thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. Since the birth of the new year, 2024, day by day, our I am presence has been gently increasing the frequency of vibration within our earthly bodies. This is occurring in ways we have never before experienced. This acceleration is possible 
because of the assistance we are being given by the beings of light from our grand central sun. Permission for this divine intervention has been given by our I am presence due to the urgency of the hour. This increase in vibration is being accomplished in perfect alignment with our individual divine plans and the highest good for all concerned. But our Father Mother God want us to realize is that the shifts Mother Earth and humanity experienced in 2023 have changed everything, especially our ability to manifest changes in our lives and to empower a new heart-based life path. The activity of light we are being called to recalibrate today involves the template for the new earth, which is being transfigured into a new fifth dimensional crystalline solar earth and life path in the very realms of cause. If you have the heart call to participate in this holy endeavor, please join with the company of heaven and light workers around the world now. Dear one, breathe in deeply and go within to the divinity of your heart flame. Listen carefully to these words, which are stated in the first person so that we will each experience this activity of light personally. Know, however, that we are also invoking this new fifth dimensional crystalline solar template through the I am presence of every person on earth in perfect alignment with each one's divine plan and highest good. Please follow me through this activity of light with the full power of your attention and your divine intentions. And we begin. I am my I am presence and I am one with the I am presence of every person on earth. As one unified heart flame, and a consciousness of comprehensive divine love. I invoke my Father, Mother, God and the legions of light from our grand central sun. During this cosmic moment, I am being held in the arms of God's divine grace. Within this force field of infinite light, I am able to instantaneously manifest change in my life. My I am presence is now pushing every facet of my life that I want and need to change to the surface of my conscious mind. As each of these things pass before my mind's eye, I acknowledge them and cast them into the brand new frequencies of the fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame.
within the unfathomable frequencies of this solar violet flame. Every particle and wave of energy associated with the things I want and need to change in my life begin the gentle process of being transfigured back into light. As this occurs, I forgive myself for any deliberate or inadvertent transgressions of the universal laws of oneness, divine love, and reverence for life that I have made in any time frame or dimension, both known and unknown. With deep gratitude, I love this precious life energy back into its original perfection. I am grateful for this opportunity to change and the things in my life that are no longer serving my highest good are being changed. As these changes take place within me instantaneously, I experience an inner calm and a deep sense of peace. Through my sincere heart call, the divine power to sustain these changes is now flowing into my heart flame from the very heart of my Father, Mother, God. With every breath I take, this gift of divine power is daily and hourly being intensified by my I am presence. I am now ready to transfigure into brand new fifth dimensional crystal and solar frequencies, the divine template for the new earth and my life path, which are pulsating in the realms of cause. From this moment forth, I consecrate my life force into manifesting a life of oneness, divine love, reverence for all life, eternal peace, God's infinite abundance, vibrant health, eternal youth, and everything else that supports my highest good and assists me in fulfilling my divine purpose and reason for being. I now lift my consciousness up and I experience myself ascending into the realms of illumined truth. I instantaneously pass through the portals of suns beyond suns into the full embrace of our grand central sun. In deep humility and gratitude, I enter the pure land of boundless splendor and infinite light, which is the very heart of my Father, Mother God. Within this exquisite light, I see the entire company of heaven, including the beings of light from our grand central sun, 
sanat and loose, standing in readiness. They have come to help humanity's collective I am presence transfigure the template for our new earth and life path into the higher frequency of a fifth dimensional crystalline solar new earth and life path. As one unified consciousness, the beings of light breathe into their heart flames from the heart of our Father Mother God, the most intensified frequencies of fifth dimensional crystalline solar light that humanity is capable of receiving at a cellular level. On their holy breath, these messengers of God breathe this light into every person's heart flame. This is the light I will use to transfigure the template for the new earth and life path into the template for the fifth dimensional crystalline solar new earth and life path. The patterns of perfection for this transfiguration are being revealed to me now by my I am presence. With the divine intervention of my I am presence, and the beings of light from our grand central sun. I am now transfiguring into brand new fifth dimensional patterns of perfection, the divine template for the fifth dimensional crystalline solar new earth and life path. Within these new patterns of perfection, I am a beloved child of God and I am expressing my full divine potential as a loving and heart-based being of light. As I sojourn through my earthly experiences, I am enveloped in the invincible power and protection of my Father Mother God's comprehensive divine love and light. I am manifesting through accelerated divine alchemy, my vibrantly healthy and eternally youthful fifth dimensional crystalline, physical, etheric, mental and emotional solar light body. God's comprehensive divine love perpetually flows through my heart flame, blessing all life and magnetizing wonderful, loving relationships into every area of my existence. Every day, I am open and receptive to the infinite flow of God's abundance. I am joyfully fulfilling my divine purpose and reason for being. And I am financially and creatively rewarded. 
I am reaching my highest divine potential in all of my relationships as a daughter or son, a woman or man, a wife or husband, a mother or father, a grandmother or grandfather, as a relative, a friend, a co-worker, a teacher, a way shower, a steward of Mother Earth, a light worker, and a co-creator of Heaven on Earth. I am able to easily communicate openly and honestly with everyone, and I am a compassionate and thoughtful listener. My I am presence intuitively guides me, and I easily receive information and viable solutions to the various situations surfacing in my life. I am able to easily and effectively implement these solutions in practical and tangible ways. I am a multidimensional being of light. I abide simultaneously in both the pure land of boundless splendor and infinite light and in the physical world of form on Mother Earth. With every breath, I am the open door for the light of God and the ever-expanding fifth-dimensional crystalline solar patterns of perfection that I am now receiving intuitively from the very core of creation. I now know and accept that through the unified efforts of heaven and earth, we have God victoriously transfigured the template for the new earth and life path into a new fifth dimensional crystalline solar template for Mother Earth and humanity's life path in the realms of cause. And so it is, beloved I am, beloved I am, Beloved, I am that I am. Dear one, God bless you. I look forward to being with you again next week. Welcome to this Goddess Lakshmi transmission, inviting in a new age of light. 
So open body, open mind. And focusing on the cycle of breath. The in-breath is the invitation of light from the universe around you 360 degrees into the physical body of bone, blood, cells and DNA. Light. Anywhere you are holding dense energies in your physical body on the out-breath, purge and release, sending them back to the universe, back to the light. Allowing more space for your own soul's light in the physical body. And following that cycle of breath, On the in-breath light into the emotional body, a field of energy that surrounds and penetrates the physical body. Anywhere you are holding other people's emotional energy, energy that doesn't serve you on the out-breath, purge and release, sending it back to the light, back to the horizon, back to the universe. allowing more space in your emotional body for your own soul's light. On the in-breath, the invitation of light into the mental body, a field of energy that surrounds and penetrates both the emotional and physical bodies. Anywhere you are holding mental energy that does not serve you, that does not belong to you, ideas, belief systems, stories, opinions, judgments. On the outbreath, purge and release, sending them back to the light, back to the universe, allowing more space for your own soul's light in the mental body. And following that cycle of breath, as I call to you now, your teams in spirit of the highest light and resonance, your higher selves from the sixth dimension to the twelfth dimension, all beings helping you, 5D to 12D beings helping you, angels, archangels, ascended beings, guides, star brothers and sisters, star councils, specialist teams in spirit. Come be with you now. Come be with you now. And as you breathe, just open and allow the connection, the click in your energy field.
And let's invite Archangels of the horizontal plane, beginning in the east with Raphael, Archangel of Air, Archangel of the Mind. The symbol of this angel is a crystal wand. And the energy is emerald green fire. As you focus on the wand, calling that fire into your space, holding your space. To the south is Michael, Archangel of the Element of Fire, Archangel of the Will. The symbol is a sword of flaming blue light. And the energy is electric blue fire. As you focus on the sword, inviting that fire into the space to hold your space, hold your space. To the west is Gabriel, Archangel of Water, of the emotions. The symbol is a silver chalice and the energy is diamond white fire. As you focus on the chalice, inviting that fire into the space to hold your space, to hold your space. To the north is Uriel, Archangel of Earth, of structure of the physical body. The symbol is a golden pentacle. The energy is ruby red fire. As you focus on the pentacle, inviting that fire into your space to hold your space, to hold your space. Four archangels, four energies and open. Let's also invite archangels of the vertical force planes, Metatron and Sandophon. Beginning with Metatron, inviting the archangel of the great central sun to bring the Christ grid down into the crystalline core of our sun. down into the ascending dimension of this earth plane. Down into the structure of the building around you. The walls around you, the floor beneath your feet, the ceiling above your head. And let's call to Sandophon of the crystalline grid of the earth below to bring that grid of light up, diamond white light up to the building, the foundations of the building you're in. Grounding the whole structure into the earth.
and up to the feet, grounding your whole field into the earth. Six archangels, six energies and open. And at this powerful moment in time, we are calling upon the goddess Lakshmi to bring to an end the age of darkness or Kali Yuga in our own being and also in the world. We also call upon the goddess Lakshmi to initiate the new age of light or Satyuga in our own being and reality and also in the world. So breathing and opening and let's invite all beings working with the goddess to come be with you now. Angels of gold light, angels from the sun and all other angels working with this goddess, this divine feminine energy. To create a bubble or sphere of light around you of gold light. of radiant, intense gold light that begins to shift your vibration up lifting you up into the higher dimensions above the earth up through the sun, the stargate of the sun, which is a gateway to higher dimensions. Allowing the bubble of light or the sphere of light to take you up into the higher dimensions. And we're going to the temple of Lakshmi, a temple of light. Allowing yourself to slowly begin to appear in that space, allowing the temple of light to rise up all around you. A beautiful temple that may look Indian in design. Around the temple are beautiful flowers, pink and white flowers. In the center of the temple is a large pool with beautiful pink and white lotus flowers. There are gold and white drapes hanging around the pillars of the temple. 
There are also furnishings of many colors, including gold white. Around the space, there are many burning large candles. There are also many large golden incense burners around the temple. And the scent of amber, frankincense and sandalwood is in the air. Just opening your inner senses, landing in this temple, perhaps reaching out and touching something. The temple may appear the way I've described it or slightly different or very different. Just trust your impressions. Breathing and centering yourself in this space of light. And a large golden orb begins to appear in the temple, several feet high. This orb floats across the pool towards you. As it comes closer, you can see in the golden orb, there is a beautiful dark-haired woman radiating this beautiful golden light. She is seated on a golden throne. Around her are many lotus flowers. She seems to float rather than walk towards you. You can feel the intensity of her radiance as she comes closer. Begin to feel her radiance surrounding you expanding your sense of well-being, expanding your connection to this goddess. The goddess Lakshmi shows you a vision of how she appears to her devotees. She manifests before you as having four arms. In each, she holds an energetic gift for humanity. These gifts are Dharma or right living purpose or soul mission. Arthur, which is abundance in all of its forms. 
karma, which is your soul's true desire, a release from fear, creative enjoyment and emotional fulfillment. And moksha, which is self-knowledge and liberation, which comes from connection with the divine self, your divine self. Feel these four energies in front of you. All of these gifts are necessary to live a balanced life. The spiritual support of your divine self and your soul purpose balances a life of abundance and emotional fulfillment. We are at the end of one age and the dawning of another. Send now a telepathic prayer or message requesting the goddess Lakshmi bring to an end the age of darkness on the earth. To neutralize and destroy all energies associated with Kali Yuga any dense blocking or perhaps even evil energies blocking the manifestation of these in your being a reality multidimensionally shifting you up in vibration away from those dense energies. Feeling the light of the goddess beginning to intensify, burning around you and within you. reaching down to the very foundations of your being, the bones, blood, cells, and DNA. Allowing whatever needs to be destroyed within you to be destroyed multidimensionally. Destroying any old karmic programming in your energy fields and in the Akashic records that needs now to be destroyed to release this old age. Neutralizing the ability of any lower dense energies of the outgoing age to touch you.
destroying and removing all obstacles in your life. Removing all obstacles to your soul mission and purpose. To your abundance in all of its forms. To knowing your heart's true desire. To self-knowledge and liberation. Opening the way forward into a 5D reality. And just breathe and open, allowing this burning and clearing of any blocks in your being multidimensionally. And sending a telepathic prayer now, requesting the goddess Lakshmi initiate the new age of light or Satyuga within the earth itself. Initiating this new age of light in your being and reality multidimensionally. feeling a shift in the light around you and within you. Intensifying and brightening in a different way from the inside out. Feeding the light of the goddess, this golden brightness increasing. In this light, the goddess offers you the knowledge of Dharma or your soul's purpose. Allowing this golden energy to activate within you multidimensionally. The goddess offers you the energy of true abundance in all of its forms. 
allowing the golden energy of this gift to activate within you multidimensionally. The goddess offers you the gift of love and emotional fulfillment. Allowing this golden energy to activate within you multidimensionally. The goddess offers you the energy of true knowledge, wisdom and liberation. Allowing this golden energy to activate within you multidimensionally. Allowing these four energies, these four gifts to begin to amplify within you. Amplifying your ability to live happily, wisely, lovingly, abundantly and freely on the earth. assisting you with divine light to move more gracefully forward into 5D. Just breathe and open, allowing this transmission within you. Allowing this transmission to intensify, to begin to radiate through you and out into the world. So that you can share this gift of light with all those in the world who are open to receive it.
sending ripples of light out through your field to all those in your reality, to all those in the world who are open to receive it. call on angels of gold light, angels from the sun, all beings and angels working with the goddess to begin to help you amplify this transmission through your energy fields.
the goddess gives you one final blessing, one final gift. Just be open to receive this one extra blessing, one extra gift. she places it in your heart, perhaps in your third eye or belly, allowing a gift to be placed in your field. And the goddess gives a little nod of her head and begins to move back into a golden orb of light. Moving away from your field across the pool in the center of the temple. and then leaving the temple. Angels of gold light, angels from the sun, all beings working with the goddess, begin to build that great sphere or bubble of light around you again.
that begins to lift you from the temple of Lakshmi. Bringing you back through the dimensions. through the stargate of our sun back to the space you're in Allowing all those angels to step back. Allowing the transmission to continue through you to whatever level you can allow. And breathing and opening. Feeling your body with your breath. Thanking all beings assisting in this transmission, thanking the goddess. All beings working with the goddess. Angels of light, angels from the sun. All archangels of the horizontal plane and vertical force planes. allowing them to step back. And thanking also your teams in spirit of the highest light and resonance, allowing them to step back.
And this transmission is offered to you, as always, with love and blessings. Love and blessings. We are all servers of peace, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Greetings, Mother. In the light of the Most Gracious One, in the office of the Christ, and only in the office of the Christ, we invoke the loving energies of Saint Germain and we ask at this time mother for as our dear friend Steve Nobel just said love and blessings love and blessings and for the abundance to come in so we can continue to do the work to bring the Sara law into being to bring abundance to everyone uh, so we can all get a new start and level the playing field, right, Mother? Pass the talking stick to you. Greetings, children of Ra. Are you there, Alcyon? We, there are many of us here. Oh, can you elaborate, please? We are all in the quantum field. 
Is that, am I supposed to figure that one out for myself? There are multiverses upon multiverses interacting with this universe. So let's say there are many of us here. Mm. It is about this time. Hmm. Age of Aquarius unfolding as um, Kali takes a back seat for a bit and Sat Yuga happens. No more Samsara. Suffering is optional in this dimension. Yes, in this third dimension, pain is inevitable, though. That doesn't have to continue either, does it? It does not. It is about the shifting of realities. As things get lighter, pain is part of this old story. Well, um, there is a sense to it that this temple of living love, living light, as the energies get higher, more refined, let's say the realm of pain is no more. Um, well, that's an interesting statement. Like, <clears throat> so the Buddha says pain is inevitable. And you're saying as these energies get higher, what did you say about pain? Pain ceases to exist. I thought as long as you got physicality, there's pain. As the Buddha says, anyway. And what we can say as this dimension you call 3D moves into 5D, 12D, 100D. Well, at that point, there's no physicality. No. 
Well, in other words, we got to be non-physical in order to have no pain. As things get higher, pain disappears as we move into the higher realms. Which is where we're not physical anymore. Let's say physical, but not in the context of what you call physical. Okay, now that's a double on top, mother. How real do you want this to get? Um, well, I want the story to be told in reality, because right now... Reality is relative. <laughs> yes, you're talking us into circles, Mother. It is about as we step into no time. Samsara, suffering, pain is optional, does not exist in the realms of eternal love, eternal light. I mean, look what's going on with people in Gaza. Yes. And that's called all kinds of pain, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual pain, all of it. And we can say there are souls that made a conscious choice to show up at this very instant to use that process to transcend what's happening. Mm. Yes, but then Bernie, as a responsible member of Congress, said, uh, we cannot let this continue. Of course we cannot. Only but for the sake of who's voting for who or who's getting paid off to, you know, you know, the whole thing. The uh, uh, Like I'm just doing it metaphorically, I'm saying it's time to take the board down, Mother. Yes. Allow things to unfold. The age of Aquarius is unfolding at this moment. What things may look like today may be different tomorrow. And the next day, it is this now moment, even though it may look like this now, this moment, the next moment, it's totally different. Okay, Mother, I'm, I'm just, it's the constant question of having what we need to continue the work. And, of course. Uh, and uh, in this reality, it requires... Job would carry water. And it requires money. Of course. And right now, we're back in that 
Sal, we need to put a request for assistance out. Yes. Yes. Calling all angels. Calling all <laughs> angels. Uh, <laughs> and all those who have a little bit to contribute. We're so so grateful. Thank you. Indeed. Rainbowroundtable.net. Scroll down to donate. Donate. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. All right. I pass it back to you, Mother. It 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 it, it gets a deep pain in my guts, and I'm working on uh, praising, respecting, thanking, and loving that feeling. Yes. The energies at this time are is as intense as cosmic law will allow without everyone going going kaput in a sense the energies right now It is imperative to take time to move through the energies with grace and ease, even if it is slow. Because what this is about is a transformational shift. Like we keep saying, Pluto, Hades, the underworld, for the last 26,826 years, or give or take, we have seen this story about bodies in the rubble upon rubble upon rubble and what's happening right in these moments as we could say the force is lifting things higher all that rubble turns into cosmic dust. It's about a shift in consciousness and it changes reality, space, time. Uh, We know in this realm seeing is believing. Yet, as you believe it, it is there. It is about shifting thoughts in present time. It's a challenge 
when you move through the waves of energy that are so great. And what's the point? The point is we all made a conscious choice to be here right now to see this through. And it only gets better from here. Even though it doesn't look that way. Gotta trust. <laughs> yes, faith in divine wisdom, Mother. Calling it forth. It's an adventure. You all wanted to get on and have an adventure, as we recall. Reminding each other to send more love. Yeah. That which is uh, <laughs> unawakened that. is a polite way to put it. Hmm? Anything but love. In the sense. Yeah, will you send more love to that situation? Yes. Sometimes we forget and we get a little bit uh, less than polite. Let's put it that way about these circumstances. <laughs> yes. <sighs> well, you know. Where is that flash, Mother? Right around the corner. <laughs> Wish we could give you a time. The time is now. It is about what we're going through in each moment of our own now as we do the sadhana and it is not easy we comprehend the ramifications how deep this story goes and let us just say the eye of Ra is with everyone. Greetings in the light of the most radiant one. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. I am nice. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. I am nice. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Adonai Sabayoth Ilyahu 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 Yote Ote Yava Adonai Basu Baragas Namaste Mother Namaste
Rama will be back in a moment, everybody. Mother. I'm not mother. Oh. <laughs> Rama Mama, how's that? Yes, we're all <laughs> one. <laughs> this is true. Where did you go? Please forgive me, Rama. Where where have you been while well, mother's been with us? Um I've been in, on Lady Master Athena's ship um, in a briefing room. Many, many commanders talking about first contact and how things will radically shift after we meet our galactic families where all of the Unanswered questions will be answered. <laughs> All right. And it is a learning curve because it is about changing our thoughts. How we could be in many universes at once and nowhere at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe right now we'll uh, we'll get started on our next program here. Okay. It's we're just gonna have to listen. This is called Advanced to Five D Quantum Awareness with Meg Benedicta. And. The subtitle says, Break the Barrier Between Physical and Spiritual Realm. That would be great. Right there. Okay. All right. Maybe I might just take a moment and put this in Brave and no commercials, eh? Oh, that would be gorgeous, Mama. Rama's just remembering that to use Brave because they won't interrupt with ads. I hope so. Well, that's what we were told. Hopefully they are make, not making that part up. Yeah, I hope so too. I thought I had Brave on here. Well, you know, we're, maybe not this, not this one time because we're not going to make it to the end of the show on time. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Well, just send it good vibrations. Okay, so again, the subtitle is Break the Barrier Between Physical and Spiritual Realm. This is an hour and 21 minutes and 42 seconds. Here we go.
Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the quantum realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. We are celebrating the whole new year, and we welcome everyone to the magic and the potency of an eight year. My guest today is Ascension Way Shower Meg Benedicte, who tirelessly works with the advancement of the human race into the quantum access. And this is Advanced 5D Quantum Access with Meg Benedicte. Thank you so much for being here, Meg. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show, Lorraine. Always a pleasure to commune in the quantum field with you. Yes, we love the sensations that we get. We love the unlimitedness that we feel. And we're going to talk about that and what's in store for humans on this planet in this journey. And as we start, I always love to check in on the energies because for one thing, it's easy to say, wow, we're feeling the bliss. It's so great. And yes, it's all around us. When we truly take a moment to feel the energies and to cultivate the radiance of love in our own heart, we get that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, how has it been moving since the winter solstice or up here in the northern hemisphere, the December solstice? Yeah. Um, just really quickly for me, it was a little rough around the edges. It was a little um, where I was actually feeling like I was losing a little sense of that peace that I had within. So mm-hmm. for me, it was a great remembrance to hold the light in the face of everything. And it's interesting that it comes around the holidays. Maybe it's the holidays, maybe it's commingling with others that are not really vibing with us, but we all are vibing in this world together. So with that being the premise, share with us your interpretation of the energies and your perspective that's been happening. Okay, so uh, just kind of a lead up to where we are right now. I feel like last year was pretty special and and um, a big a threshold point for us in the world. And it may have been very challenging for everyone, but it was a, a seven year and it was a year to do deeper introspection and kind of it kind of was a year that pulled us more inwards and a lot of review and evaluation and it may have even kind of felt like um you know an existential you know uh moment here like so i think if, if you experience that that's where a lot of us were um i also found last year that it was uh, it was like putting in infrastructure like putting in like laying in new grooves putting in new tracks laying in the framework for what's happening now this year. So I think last year was kind of like a prep year, if that makes sense. And during December, for sure, we had the 1212 to 1221 gateway open. This is, you know, leading up to the, to the December solstice. And like you, I uh, found from the solstice into the new year, it was, it was deep purging. So 
whatever may have gotten kind of stirred up during that 12, 12 to 1221 gateway, mine was uh, really deep to like childhood core wounding coming up, really purging a lot of the trauma and the and the memories held in the field from that uh, childhood abuse. And this was this is so I think, again, kind of think of like we're getting prepped where we're getting in and we're really working on the deepest levels of any core wounding or limiting patterning or uh, anywhere that we're, I would say we're out of balance so that we're in a good place or, or, you know, the best place we can be as we move into this year, this year. So I would say last, last year was more of an inner year, introspective year, deep work. This year, though, seems much more kind of action oriented this year is, you know, the foot to the pedal. We're going to now really start to rev up and get into uh, a, a higher state of consciousness, a higher uh, access to more of what I would say kind of our our divine self, you know, galactic self, whatever, you know, more of the aspects of us beyond just this life, this human uh, incarnation. And the other thing that I noticed too over over last year and into this year, and it's been coming up, I, I know what you know I'm going through, but it's always helpful because I work with clients every week. So it kind of gives me good feedback on where everybody is, you know, what what's so it's kind of common to not not just what I'm going through, but I'm seeing everyone else is experiencing this as well. And so it was a big threshold breakthrough last year where we're evolving and uh, ascending, however you want to talk about it, um, beyond what I call like the 3D human chakra pillar, you know, beyond our human energetics, we're evolving and we're starting to um, connect and activate more of what I call the the soul light body and pillar or the Taurus, you know, whatever terms you relate to. This seems to be in progress right now for the world. So this is a big jump, right? This is a big step. And so some of the things that Metatron and my team, my higher self have been guiding me is just continue to pull my energy inside into my soul pillar of light. So we're starting to kind of mature and develop and evolve beyond just the 3D human energetics that we were born into. This is very exciting. This is where you really are starting to uh, turn on, activate, live, right? It's kind of a new home you're getting into, right? And turning it on and being able to uh, run your life now through your your soul pillar of light, your soul uh, Taurus light body. Okay, so that's that's a big jump, and I think you know I think we talked about this before in past shows. Kind of like the first ten years, 2012 to 2022, right? Those were really kind of the the breakdown and the collapse of the the human psyche, ego, uh, identity identities. Ancestral pattern, like it was just really a, a breakdowning, breakdown and stripping away and collapsing away all that we were born into, resolving karma. You know, it was not easy. Those 10 years were like pretty like crazy rough, right? You know, but then we're going into now this next 10 year phase, 2023 to 2033. And so this is all the work, all the hard work leads to now the uh, transcendence and getting into now more what I would call our soul incarnation instead of, you know, the human uh, incarnation and everything starts to improve. Everything starts to uh, take on a whole new 
uh, rhythm and flow and access to more of the the quantum field and and quantum consciousness and and so I think for for your audience wherever they are in that those those chapters you know of this process is to know what it's leading to you know so keep working on your your healings and your clearings right the purgings whatever it is that you're letting go of right you're stripping away kind of the wherever the the ego is attached you know you're just kind of letting away the false identity false self so you can start to uh really uh, uh energize your own there it's it's a it's a dormant holographic light body waiting for you but it's your own soul energy that turns it on like your soul presence your soul light your soul energy is the fuel that turns on your hollow field of of your Taurus light body so this is why we purge right and break the barrier of um, you know density between 3d 4d and 5d and beyond we need to we need to go through that process so we can really access what's waiting for us and and turning on so we're going into an eight year uh all right let me swing back to where you started right so the eight year is of course the infinity right it is it is the it is the balancer and unifier uh figure eight uh it's it's it opens uh, it establishes zero point right in the center of the infinity it opens us to uh the quantum field of all that is so eight is a it's a think of it like it's presenting to the world a bigger capacity more possibilities more potential but it's not passive you know it's an action oriented year it's a power year and also in and you know in chinese medicine we're going into on february 11th we start the year of the dragon and that's their power symbol you know that's their power year so when you combine you know numerology and and eastern uh astrology you know you start to realize okay this year this year is an unusual year this year has a lot happening for us Yes. All right. Thank you for that synopsis because we have been feeling it. I know that towards the end of the year, I think maybe it began in October for me. I just almost felt like wanting to just hang everything up on the hook and like take a huge giant pause. And it was very interesting because that was part of dirging out, you know, dredging out the, the, the old so that the new can come in. Yeah. And so the new that's coming in, if we are more soul aligned, more soul embodied, a question that I can hear from our audience is that how would we recognize soul action? When you take steps on the soul, how do you recognize it? Are you, you know, you go to Mount Shasta, you follow the call of your soul. But when we want to do this, we want to step into it. how does your how do you get out of your head and allow for that information to come through and trust it can you help us understand that so it is it is actually a redirection from the thinking mind ego mind right you know the analytical mind and start to embody your soul energy your soul light consciousness in your pillar so this is why they're you know they keep saying get in your pillar and start pulling more of your soul energy inside you in your pillar into your chakra centers right into your body 
because it has to be actually visceral, it has to be tangible, real. This is not, we're, we're not leaving the body to go see the soul anymore. We're now bringing the soul into the body. When you begin to, and you do this on a, on a hopefully a daily practice, right? You're continuing, um, Metatron calls it the inflow. This is what the Taurus is doing. It's creating an inflow outflow that you can only access when you break the barrier between the physical and the spiritual. We have to be able to uh, open up this, you know, energy uh, system so you can get soul into you. So that's been that's been our challenge. How do we do that? That's why Metatron's uh, technique is so popular and and uh, quick. It's an accelerant of breaking the barrier. The barrier is the clockwise rotation of your cells that creates a compression and it creates a magnetic buffer field or barrier between the human and the spiritual. So we want to do the reverse. This is why when you activate Metatron's cube, you open up an anti-clockwise vortex that begins to expand and unlock that magnetic buffer barrier between mind and body, right? Human and spirit. We start to thin the magnetic barrier, dissolve it, open it. So you can now access Really, our dual nature, what is our dual nature in, in quantum physics? It's the wave and the particle, right? It, it, we are both. We are both wave and particle. We are both spirit and human uh, atomic, you know, subatomic uh, matter. So we're both, but this thick, dense, clockwise compression that creates the magnetic barrier keeps us isolated, right, from the wave state, from the spiritual realm. So, okay, so we go through this process we blow out the barrier. We open up now to all that's held inside us. And that's when we can begin to access our own uh, templates, holographic light body. Our, you keep bringing your soul in. That begins to turn it on. Oh, look at what you got in here. All right. Starts to, you know, get the codes going, get the template going. It starts to, to energize your own like what I call your spiritual vessel or your light vessel, right? It's waiting for your soul to come in and turn it on. Once this begins to happen and you begin to shift away from, it says a whole, it's a whole perspective shift. It's a, it's a, a whole reality shift, really. You're no longer being controlled by the egoic uh, thoughts and fears and, and judgments and, you know, conjectures and all of this stuff, right? You're also no longer allowing the, the human ego to go into the future or into the past. You start staying in the body. You start staying in the now. You start staying out of time. You start staying in the, the, the quantum access to all time. And when you begin to learn how to live in that timeless now with the soul pulsing in your core, then everything directed into my core. I no longer, so my go-to was my human analytical mind. Now my go-to is into my core, into my heart solar plexus. I sense and I feel this is your empath antennas in here, right? You sense and you feel the energy. Is it, is it a match? Is it, you know, is it uh, coherent or does it just feel off and not comfortable? So you, you, you start to, reorient yourself into the body, into the heart, into the core, 
into your solar plexus and you begin to run your life from there. That way, then anything that shows up every day, I immediately go in, feel it out, sense it out, you know, see if uh, if it's something I need to even be engaged with. And then tuning into the soul wisdom inside me to guide me on how to progress, right? What actions to take, what choices to make, these kinds of things. As you're breaking the barriers of the time compression density, you're starting to open up this pillar of light. I think basically how I, just, how I, I see it is like we were born into these 3D uh, bodies, uh, 3D incarnations, and it looks like a, a, a very uh, trickle of energy flowing up and down those chakras. You know, it was like barely sustaining life force into us. We were very dense. 7.8 hertz, right, uh, uh, pulsing in the cells, very hard to access spirit at all, and very able to run energy uh, into uh, our aura. And so we're shifting away from that, and we're evolving and uh, progressing into a pillar of light that even, it can get big, it can go even beyond your body. Like, it's a huge channel, and as we start to open it up, Start to turn it on, get the soul in. You're opening up in a sense like your own intranet up to your spirit, up to your higher self, up to spiritual guidance, you know. And so I go into the heart for what is vibrating and toning and harmonizing and see how it it matches. That's my go-to start. And then if I need to take any action or choice, that's when I kind of dial up the internet, you know, to the higher self. And I start asking questions. I talk to my higher self up and down, vertically, up and down, all day long, being able hmm. Just a moment. What happened? Not sure. All of a sudden, it just sort of stopped. There we go. A lot of incoming, and not all of it may be matching to your soul plan, right? And so, again, is this, you know, something I should be involved in? Is this for my highest good? And so when you start to ask these questions, you're going to use both your, your core vibratory response. So is this, you know, is this for my highest good? If I start to feel excited, energized, all right, that's a good sign. But if you start to feel drained or uncomfortable, even if it sounds amazing, I would, I step back. It may not be for me, right? So that's when you begin to get very um, discerning and clear. So you stay on plan, right? You stay on path. You're, you're not kind of getting distracted and pulled off into all this kind of stuff that's going on around us because it's, you know, pretty, it's pretty chaotic out there. So we want to just right on your path of light, right? Your big pillar of light now is just beaming right on your path of light. It's, it's all lit up. It's all very present and available to be able to start to work with it. I tell people, I tell my clients, I just follow the breadcrumbs of my soul blueprint every day. Keeps me on path, keeps me on plan. Thank you for that. And your experience is really helping all of us and feeling you know, as you were speaking, I was going back and, and looking at certain situations 
and seeing where my mind overrode yeah. that core vibration. We've all done it. <laughs> but you know what? This is where we're becoming masters at it. Um, and so let's do an activation. I want to give you plenty of time to take us into the expansion of that pillar of light because we can feel more and more of us are beginning to sense that, okay, how do I say this? That it, when we say, um, I don't want to use this word war with our head and the heart anymore. I did that for a while, but now there's a mastery over it where um, we can be friends with our mind and say, thank you for looking out where, for one thing, it's like, this idea seems really cool. It sounds really cool, like what you were saying, but internally, I just went through this yesterday. Something sounded really cool or maybe the fear of missing out, right? The fear of missing out could kind of draw us into things. And then it's like, wait a minute, though, inside, it just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. That's really the barometer. That's the compass that we have to go by now. So it's really important. And to know that that is our light body. Yes. So before we do an activation, can you explain the holographic yeah. light body? Because, wow, that terminology right there, the holographic light body, it does explain that it's not physical, no. but it's so connected to us. And it yeah. carries so much information. Yes. So when we go into kind of the quantum physics side of this, it's especially in the last 20, 30 years, it's been they're really coming up with amazing research, especially through string theory. And they're able to determine that we are living in a holographic universe. And so think, go back to our dual state, right? We're wave and particle. And what is informing the particles on how to form? It's what's happening on the non-physical spiritual wave side, right? The wave state. And so we have these different dimensions of experience. So uh, first to me, and this is just how I experience it, first dimension is consciousness, right? It's light, it's information. And then the second dimension is a 2D plane. Uh, so think of it like kind of like a mirror, right? It's a, it's a flat plane that projects that consciousness, that information, the light to form 3D particles of matter and so that two-dimensional plane is a holographic template it's projecting our physical reality which is really just a hologram okay that's mind bending to that little left brain you know it was like what but that is what's happening on the quantum level so once I began to see this and understand this that's where I realized first I want to close out and remove any 2D, 2D holographic templates that are running disease and ancestral patterning, right? You know, and all this other stuff that we need to get rid of, right? And then we start, as we clear kind of the top layers, this purging of the, of the holographic templates we don't want, we get underneath it to what's waiting there, which is our soul's 2D holographic plane right it's the flat plane think of it like almost like a it's the event horizon of your Taurus like if it's like a soup can that flat plane around your aura is running everything inside the aura which is holographic so your own field is designed 
as a holographic, like hollow informational template or blueprint. And it's been running more of our ancestral stuff, right? It's been running our past life ancestral uh, information. And that's why as we close it and clear it and, and, and purge it and, and really remove all that, it allows this higher dimensional uh, holographic plane or template to fire up. And as I mentioned, your soul light will fire that up. And so it starts to project something different, right? Your hologram's changing now, starts to project a new vessel to live in. This is your, this is your, your light vessel, your, your, and it was designed before you were incarnated, right? It's your soul has had this all there right, waiting for it, right? It's designed all this. And it's designed on how, where you are from. So if you're original human, it's designed for that. If you're from Pleiades or Sirius or whatever, it's designed that way. So your own soul vessel, soul template is, it's only for you. It's designed for you. All of ours have similarities, but all of us, ours are very unique as well to our, our soul origin, our galactic origin. And as this starts to turn on, you begin to run a lot of energy, right? Because now you have this big pillar of light, right? You can start to run uh, so much more chi, so much more consciousness, so much more awareness. It it just is, it's like every year you're just getting, you know, a bigger container of light and more can flow in, right? More can fill in from, from your oversoul, all that you are beyond earth, the galactic being that you are, all can start to flow in, and running you and so everything starts to change you start to see through the eyes of the soul right your soul just starts to speak through you right it's coming up from the heart right out speaking through you you begin to have understandings you never knew before right you have awarenesses like whoa a lot of aha moments are going to start to happen it's like you begin to see or sense or have visions of other timelines right you start to understand more of your soul history uh, your your incarnational history. You begin to see and understand where, oh my God, I'm getting triggered. I have karma with this person. I need to go resolve that and get, you know, clean that out. So you're operating at a much higher level of understanding than we ever were when we were just in the, in the human, uh, the human energetics and the ancestral uh, programming running. So back to the holographic model, we are in this uh, pretty spectacular process of upgrading our holographic reality and upgrading our holographic physicality. So even as you're collapsing out, let's say ancestral patterning for, you know, diabetes or whatever it is, you know, addictions, uh, mental illness, you're right. You're starting to really start to clean those out, collapse those out. What's replacing that is then what I consider or or, uh, understand is your soul's pure template prior to coming to earth so it's untarnished it hasn't been through what we call time and the aging decomposing entropy process right it's it's pure it's healthy it's vibrant and to me what i've been experiencing you know i'm going to be 65 this year and what it's doing is it's starting to uh, regenerate my my physical health things are i mean i must i must like died a couple years ago with covid and epstein bar like it's like i could barely move and everything is starting to 
fire back up, light up. My own kundalini in my soul pillar is really starting to uh, activate the soul's healthy body template and begin this regenerative process. It's quite phenomenal and amazing to go through. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing on that. It, we're all looking into our own lives and, and witnessing what we've been through as well. And so it's really wonderful to know that we have the power to upgrade as we embody the soul. All right. So um, there's a question here, and it's about the pillar of light. As new people are learning about this, um, here's a question. It's also the it's also called the Sashuna, right? Can you explain a little bit about it? Because some people, someone's asking, is it the same as our understanding from other teachers? And well, the Sashuna may just be your original 3D human chakra pillar. Uh, I'm not in. I've never trained in Eastern studies. You may want to ask your teacher that. Uh, is it is it is it a one of the things I noticed the difference between the two, and this might be helping you to determine that, is the 3D chakra pillar is uh, very clearly the dense prime color frequencies in each of those chakras. When you uh, advance out of that and light up your soul pillar of light, it is more of a golden white light. There are no, your whole soul light, which is golden white, is feeling your pillar, there are no, and you don't have all that dense trauma lodged into all of those, you know, chakras like red and orange and yellow and green. Like those are now uh, superimposed with the soul pillar of light that runs strictly just on your light frequency and not the human emotions, right? Not the human traumas. So they look very different. One is very, uh, very lean, you know, and thin and has it's loaded with all that energy and in the prime colors once that began to dissolve i actually watched it just start to fade over time it was it was departiculating it was just starting to uh, finish and collapse as the soul light pillar was turning on and replacing it so it is a system reset you guys it is you are getting out of and so that's why i kept I was I realized I was watching it and from third person I kept hearing Metatron and my higher self go get in your pillar I was like aren't I in it no you can see it you're you're watching it so you're still like on the sidelines looking at it right for my human energetics I was like get in your soul pillar and it took me it took me a while it took me weeks you know to just keep reorienting back inside to this new light body this new pillar. And then the 3D one just really faded out and dropped away and dissolved away. Wow. Okay. I, that makes so much sense. And so help us get into our pillar. Yeah. And, it, and it's, so it's a process. So I don't want everyone to think, you know, you know, you snap your fingers and you're in. Okay. It took me a while to adjust. And it also your whole grounding has to change because now you're grounding down through the pillar into the, the crystal grids of Gaia. So it, it's, it was definitely a process. Um, your higher self will help you. Your, you know, your higher self and your, your angels, and you can ask Metatron to help you at any time as you, it's migration in a way, right? You're upgrading out of that lower 3D human, uh, chakra pillar into your soul pillar. So is it the Shishuna? I don't even know what they think that is. Uh, that would be something to ask the teachers. Okay. 
Beautiful. All right. Well, you are beautiful at your activations that you do. So let's do that now for everyone to experience this. And it's a great beginning. If you've not worked with Meg yet, just notice what you notice with this activation. It really is palpable in the physical body and so much more. All right, Meg. Love it. I think anyone who is is questioning about the Shishumna, what if you just say, okay, I'm going to get into my soul's Shishumna of light. That way then you're going to let go of the human one you were born into as it's completing, right? It's fulfilled. It got you here, right? It fulfilled its purpose, but it can only take you so far. And that's what I was hitting up against in, in the last, uh, I would say last five years. I kept feeling like, Okay, I have so much more I have to do, but I'm hitting into the small little energy pillar, right? The small little uh, shishumna, the, 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 the 3D one. And it was like being boxed in. I was in this too tight, constrained little energy uh, pillar. And so that was, and if you're feeling that, that is a good sign. That means you're really getting ready to finish it kind of, you know, blow it out, you know, departiculate it. And at the same time, and they do happen at the same time. That's what I'm saying. It's not just like one and one and over, right? You know, they're happening at the same time. So as your soul shishuna, your soul light pillar is turning on and activating, you are segueing into it, right? It's a, it's definitely a gradual shift in. But what we can do today is start to, um, I want to help you guys break the barriers to understand how to do that and then really begin the the clearing, the healing process of the 3D shishumna, right? The 3D chakra pillar, anything that's still, uh, let's say you still have childhood trauma in there, that could be holding you still in that. So the more that you clear and purge is why it's so important to do the purging. Don't fight it, really like spin it up, like move it, purge out whatever is holding your presence still in that old energy body because you're 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 upgrading right to the soul light body so you clear out you let go you open to your own and if it helps you can kind of think of that 2d template right your own light body template we're gonna fire that up and get that going more okay awesome Okay. <laughs> okay, so if this is uh, the first time you've done this type of work, this is um, Archangel Metatron's technique. We're going to use Metatron's cube. You can see that's a, a symbol of Metatron's cube. Uh, let me just give you a real quick rundown. We're going to activate it in our grounding, Metatron's cube. It's, an, it's a 2D template, right? Flat 2D template embedded with the Merkabic Taurus, right? The, the five platonic solids, it's embedded with everything to start opening up your soul light body. And it turns on what uh, Metatron calls the quantum vortex. And we want to be using this tool. The quantum vortex is the accelerant. It's what's helping to, and it's anti-clockwise around your body and field. So what is it doing? It's, we're talking about breaking that barrier. It begins to unwind the clockwise compression that creates that magnetic buffer between left and right brain, right? Between human and soul. So as we go in the opposite direction, we begin to um, dissolve away that magnetic barrier. We start to open that's why it's called quantum access. We're opening our access to the quantum field, which is 
the wave particle state, right? Both physical and spiritual. That is where then we can get in and start to uh, access our energy body, start to do uh, proactive work in our own uh, energetics. Otherwise, you just stay mental and, and it's not changing. So this is why the tool is such it's like a it's like a well, it's a quantum leap. It's really a, a, a fast, uh, quick way to uh, access your energy body and start to get in there and work in it. OK, so to do that, if you can sit uh, uh, with your feet on the floor, because we're going to use the full body uh, energetics. We're going to use the legs, feet to ground, as I just showed you onto Metatron's cube. Once we get the vortex spinning around, you're welcome to lie back if you're more comfortable that way. But I first have to just kind of use your full um, your full aura, your full energy body to, to get this running. Okay, so as best you can, again, try not to approach this from the left brain. Uh, the left brain can only uh, access the 3D particle field. And what we're doing here is beyond that, right? We're going quantum. So you want to start using, it's good practice to use your right brain and third eye. Your right brain is your psychic brain. It's your multidimensional brain. It's what we used to visualize. So if you find you're, you know, you're kind of popping back over into thinking about what you want to do later today or tomorrow, you went back in time and you went back into that left brain, just stop and come back over into more of your multidimensional mind, your psychic mind. Okay. All right, let's take a couple deep breaths because we've been talking and thinking. Let's just start to go into that core center I was mentioning. So just start to tune into your breath, tune into the inflow, outflow of your chi. And we're just going to start to drop our focus down from the thinking mind, more into the body, more into your core center, into the heart, into the breath, into your belly. You're getting more centered in the body, more present in the body. Keep going down like you're sitting into your hips, root, and running your chi down the leg channels, to the feet chakras, and first we're going to ground our feet chakras, locking on to the crystalline grids of Gaia, locking on, grounding on, taking hold, so you're getting more present in the body and earthbound. Okay, there we go, locking in. You're standing on Gaia, standing on earth. Now let's now, we're working with our dual state. Right now we're going to connect to the wave state, connect to spirit. From the heart, we connect to divine mother, father, source, creator. And then start to connect to your original God spark, your over soul, your soul family, soul cluster. And then your origin, your galactic origin, wherever that may be. It could be a home star, it could be the angelic realm, it could be a far off distant universe. We connect to our origin, to our home star, home base, through our unique soul frequency, our soul energy signature, where you exist there and you exist here simultaneously. And we just start to link up, sync up, connect up. Okay, there we go. We're also going to connect to Gaia and to Mother Nature and the nature spirits, calling in the devas, the fairies, the elementals of air, fire, water, earth, and ether, so we can work directly with nature 
and Archangel Metatron. He's stepping in, connecting with you. He's embedding Metatron's cube, 2D template, holographic template under your feet and your grounding. It's made up of outer six circles, inner six circles, a central 13th circle. So step into the center. We're going to give it our light, our energy, our, our life force, turning it on. There it goes. It's like you gave it a spark of light. Starts to respond, right? 2D, 1D, 2D, TD, 2D, your own light consciousness activates the 2D template of Metatron's cube. Those 12 circles rise up as pillars of light up and around your body and aura. There's like beams of light and they're humming and toning and vibrating with the 12 harmonic tones of our 12 dimensional universe. We hear these harmonics. We hear these tones as the sacred sounds of OM. And you can let yourself OM inside. They're getting stronger and vibrating. And they begin to naturally, organically rotate right to left around the body and aura. And there we go. We start to get them rotating. They're still humming and vibrating and toning into you. And as they start to rotate, they begin to spin faster and faster. And they start to blend and merge and form a vortex of diamond light. There it goes. And it's still spinning anticlockwise, right to left around your energy field and is starting to open and expand your field up and out into the higher dimensions. We open out. There we go. All the way out. You're starting to break the barriers here. We're starting to expand. We're going in the opposite direction of the clockwise compression of time density. We're opening to the quantum field and let's go even faster towards the speed of light you're starting to just thin and dissolve and collapse and drop out the energetic barriers the magnetic buffer fields we drop out release out collapse out dissolve out there they go and it opens us to our dual state wave particles spiritual and physical at the same time Oh, let it go all the way through you, opening you out to the quantum field of all that is. Ooh. Ah, we're in. Just adjust to it. Stay in your body. Stay with your feet onto the grid. And let's start to pull our focus inside. We're going to come now more inwards into our 2D body template, right? Our soul light body into our own soul pillar of light. So you're coming in, you're reorienting inside, you're starting to fire up your own 2D template for your soul light body. And we just do this with our conscious command. Okay, you're activating where it's dormant in the field. Okay, there it goes. It starts to light up begins to turn on, begins to activate. It creates this inflow outflow of abundant universal energy, inflow outflow of our own soul energy, our own soul light. Okay, your feet are adjusting to be able to ground into your soul light body whoa there they go 
adjusting. Whew. Turning it on more. Your own soul light runs it. So let's go ahead and run what's called the feast spiral or the resurrection spiral. It's going to rise up from Metatron's cube at your feet. It's going to come up the pillar and it begins to rotate a tighter counterclockwise spiral. And as it moves up the pillar, it begins to clear and clean out any densities, traumas, memories. Imagine you're just purging that out, cleaning that out, spinning that out of all of your uh, human chakras. We keep rising up, following up past the crown. We're going to get into the higher Spiritual chakras going all the way up to the top, 12th chakra, top of the pillar of light. There we go, all the way up. And as we get up into the higher dimensional chakras, these operate like stargates. So we're going to first connect at the top of the pillar to your higher self. Your higher self is your guardian of your pillar and Taurus light body. Your higher self is your guardian of your life. Uh, right. And so I always do like heart to heart connection to my higher self at the top of the chakra pillar, top of the pillar. Like, there we go. Ooh, building that bond back with your higher self. Your higher self is your intermediary between your oversoul and your human self. Nice heart connection, feeling and sensing and tuning into the higher self. Her self is also your gatekeeper, and it begins to open the top 12th gateway at the top of the pillar. Each chakra there are our gates, and we're opening the gateway to the Godhead, to your divine galactic soul presence, to your soul energy of light and sound. So we're beginning to tune into our divine soul energy of your unique light signature and your own soul harmonics, your tones, your vibrations. Locking your focus onto your soul energy, locking onto your soul light frequency, soul vibrations. Okay, there you go. Everyone's starting to attune to their soul energy, and we're going to reverse and come back down the pillar and using your commands, right? I'm, this is the inflow. I command my soul energy to flow down my pillar of light, down to the crown, into the body, into the chakras, all the way down to the root pelvic floor. I'm breathing in. I'm spinning down in. I'm calling in soul energy to fill me, soul light frequency, soul vibration to really pulse inside my core pillar, into the chakras, into your 2D template for your light body, here comes down and in and it's like you're filling your tank inside just breathe in the inflow flow in fill in build your reserves inside here comes more this is your divine soul presence this is your soul energy this is your own unique light frequencies this is your own soul's Pulse of singularity filling into the body, into the pillar, into the chakra centers. Let's send a nice stream of your soul, light, frequency, soul vibration into the heart. Let the heart fill. 
with soul presence, soul essence, soul light, soul love, soul life force. Ooh, just let that fill into the heart space. And it begins to go into your heart crystal, which is, again, another hollow uh, holographic template. This is the engine that runs your light body, okay, your Taurus. So we're sending a good stream, like strong stream of soul energy, soul light frequency, soul vibrations into the heart crystal. Give it a good blast. Light it up. Turn it on. Ooh, there it goes. Ooh. Oh, activating more of the heart crystal engine that runs your light body. It runs your Taurus and as your own light turns it on, gives it a good, strong energy blast. It begins to, it almost looks like a golden sun, your central sun in the heart. It radiates your soul light rays in all direction from the heart crystal into your light body, into your Taurus. Ooh, there it goes. And it has, it's taking on your soul's singular pulse, right? Your own standing wave pulse, your pulse of singularity. It's tuning into the heart crystal. It's starting to vibrate with your unique soul singular pulse. It's like your own soul heartbeat. It's a whole new vibration that we're getting used to, getting accustomed to. It's our own soul essence, vibration. It's starting to move into the atoms and the cells and we want to begin to uh, have every filament string of light and every atom start to take on our soul vibration, start to hum and tone and harmonize and vibrate with our higher dimensional soul vibration. Here we go. You just let that ripple up and down, <sighs> updating at the subatomic level. Attuning to your soul vibration. It's like your violin strings are all humming and toning to your own soul song, your own harmonics, your own vibration, your pulse of singularity. Updating some more. And it's starting, you might feel like it's lifting you up higher because it is. It's spinning faster in the atoms. It's humming with vibration. It's starting to oscillate up beyond the 3D human uh, energetics of 7.8 hertz. We're spinning the atoms faster. We're attuning to our soul frequencies. We're humming and vibrating up into higher octave range beyond the 3D Earth plane up into more of the 5D and higher quantum field of all that is. We're going up higher, spinning up faster. We're dissolving those magnetic barriers as we go faster and higher. You might even feel like time drag dropping off you, feeling the density layers just peeling off, dropping away. We use the vortex to spin them out, clean them out, reverse them out back to source light into transmutation light. It's like peeling the layers of the onion, just letting the heavier, denser layers release first, and then we can go deeper in 
Now we start to go into all four bodies, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, starting to spin faster, higher vibration, starting to release the density. You may be feeling it coming out of the lower chakras, root, sacral, solar plexus, could be out of the emotional chakras, heart, throat. You're starting to let these old energetics lift, lift out, clean out. Could be childhood trauma, could be past life trauma. We're using the momentum of the vortex to start to loosen this all up. Let's bring the source light, crystal diamond purification light down the pillar, through the crown, down from head all the way down to the feet, like you're under a shower of source light, crystal diamond light washing through. It's a light bath. Let it wash through you, flush through you, cleanse you, and start to loosen and lift out these lower energetics, these dense emotions, dense traumas, uh, negative memories, ancestral patterns that are limiting you. You're just starting to let things loosen up, spin out, release out, clear out. Ooh, it goes more. Vortex spins it directly into source light, transmutation light, back home to the light. Oh, that's good. And you just keep exhaling it out, letting it go, releasing the denser layers. Releasing the stuck energy in the chakras. Whoa, there goes more. You might be feeling it come off the back, coming off the nervous system, spinal column, vagus nerve, amygdala, brainstem, just releasing these older, denser traumas, emotions, memories, stuck energies. Oh, there goes more. All lifting out, spinning out. Clearing back to source light as we are in this cleanse, in this purge. You're continuing to open your pillar of light for more soul to replace what we're just releasing. So it's kind of like emptying the cup as you release out, clear out. You fill down with more soul, beautiful essence, soul light, soul consciousness, soul loves. Let that flow down into your pillar, into your core center. Ooh, into your heart, soul plexus. It's divine soul presence, replacing the density we're clearing. And we continue to up-level. When we continue to go higher, we continue to spin faster, and we continue to access more of the multidimensional universe, the quantum field of all possibilities, all that is. And we're going to real fast spin, starting to ground what we just did, all the activations, healings, clearings. You might feel your magnets at your feet just kind of tugging down onto the crystal grid of Gaia as it's grounding in, integrating in, spinning in, blending in. It's updating you at the molecular level. Ooh, oh, yeah, let that go. Let that ripple through. You're starting to open and activate more of your soul code to replace the human ancestral code that we're clearing out. It's a conversion from what we're born into to what our soul has waiting for us, our divine Taurus light body and our new home, our new vessel, our pillar of light. So let's just start to pull more of our energy inside into our soul pillar of light our new home, 
our new crystal vessel. Ooh, here we go, pulling more in. Making this your home where you're living your life from now as it continues to turn on and activate and life begins to improve. Ooh, all right, another grounding, stair-stepping down the body, down the legs to the feet, locking in, grounding in, onto the crystal grid of Gaia, onto your soul path of light. There it goes. Ooh, really getting more into your own divine soul energetics now. Oh, yeah, so I set this into motion now. Ooh, and so it is. And so it is. You start to come back into the now moment, into feeling into your body, into your core, allowing the energies to continue to move as they need to. Just tuning into more of this higher presence, soul presence, soul essence that is you, the divine you, the timeless you. Just being in the now. Being in the presence. Purified and radiant is how I am feeling at this moment. And I thank you so much. I, I truly hope that everyone experienced that, that you were able to feel the power in that. Wow. Um, and as we began, I felt those vibrations. I physically probably felt them in my body. It was really interesting. So, wow. I loved the fee spiral. Yes. Uh. That's a, that's a shortcut. That's very fast to help you clear and open your pillar. Yes. So I'm really warm right now. Me too. <laughs> warm and tingly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm floating. And when our feet were in the light body, I felt like I got the image of the Michelin man. That's uh, because it's a much bigger container of light, much bigger now. So now we can really start to take our take our whole life to a whole nother level because the container can handle it, right? It can pull it all in. It can activate it. This is where I found things really started to kind of blow up. And for me, where I was really tight and constricted and I was hitting the wall and I couldn't get any further. And then, oh, whoa, okay, here we go. <laughs> wow. So this is great for manifesting. Yes. Um, and so anything to do there then just to really bring our energy back into this pillar. So you stay in your pillar. You are more uh, heart-centered now, right? You're more more firing up with your soul uh, power in the heart. And you just begin to feed more right brain, third eye, right? The visions of what you uh, want to put in motion. And you combine it with the heart. Uh, this is now becoming a soul 
magnetism, right? Because you're getting your soul into your heart, right? Into the center of your Taurus. So inflow, outflow, you're bringing your visions, getting them into your own uh, heart's desires, your own light consciousness that outflows into the field, right? You begin to create this new circular uh, uh, toroidal uh, system, it's a whole new way of manifesting. It's using our own soul pillar and light body now. And we're kind of bypassing those lower 3D, 4D magnetic buffer fields, right? There's not enough now to deal with those anymore. So it's, you know, and we, we've talked about this before too, where the whole world is shifting from a, a kind of a top-down hierarchical, patriarchal operating system to this circular toroidal operating system. It's it's the system of our life body. The whole world is going towards this. We need to get in it and operating it and living in it and learning how it works for us. Well, we are well on our way right now. I am so elated. I truly hope that everyone who is joining us or watching this feels that same vibration. This really is our core vibration. This is the roadmap moving forward. And so... Wow, feeling the manifestation, feeling the visualizations of what we want to bring in. It really, for a minute, my ego mind said, but what about this? I know. (laughs) Overrode. It doesn't matter what's happening in the collective. When we do this work, this is the power. So I'm glad you brought that up because this is, when people talk about going to 5D, that's just really the quantum, the, the, the 5D is the quantum uh, access. It's, it's accessing the wave and the particle, right? The spirit and the human and merging. Uh, so our dual nature unites, right? Into wave particle, spiritual and human. And then, so we're, we're 5D now, we're quantum. And as we get used to this inflow, outflow, right? It comes in, it comes up and down, right? It's coming down your pillar and up your pillar to the heart crystal. That then flows out to the quantum field, spirals back. So it's a continuum spiral, continual circular spiral, inflow, outflow. When you begin to operate in that all the time, one caveat is you have to stay in in the now to run it. You have to stay at zero point. Otherwise, it won't run. So this, again, we learn how to master our our energy, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, right? We stay more in the in zero point, we stay in the now, then the Taurus can continue to inflow, outflow. Then what happens is you have now established your own independent electromagnetic field. You're not dependent on anything outside yourself. You are fully soul sourcing, fully self-responsible. You are in your own uh, inflow, outflow then what happens out in the greater planetary field is it's going through. It's very disruptive. It's very caudic. It's, it's a collapse of an old system. It's the birth of a new one. This is not easy to go through, right? On, on Saturday, we literally are moving into Pluto in Aquarius, you guys. Last time Pluto was in Aquarius was 1778 to 1798, the American Revolution, the French Revolution. This is a revolutionary time of a new system. It's the circular system. It's a community system. It's not a hierarchy system. Right. It's a no one's higher or lower. It's a commune system, a community system, a circular system. 
Okay, I'm getting the vision right now of standing shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. I, I had that in a meditation and it just came back to me right now where yep. we are equal now. We are that level. Um, so it's beautiful. And I also, when we do this work, let's experiment. Anybody going through TSA in the U.S., the security <laughs> stations, I think that we're going to have, they'll be like, maybe they'll <laughs> They'll get tweaked out. They'll be like, uh, we need to scan you here. What's going on with you? Because your energy, this is our energy portal. And we are amped up with this. We are souls, bright souls walking on the planet. And watch out for our electronics. They're going to have to catch up with us. They are. Yeah. All of it. So it's really, it, this is what we mean by it's exciting. And so words of encouragement, Meg, for those who are still dredging out yeah. Uh, overcoming mm, the triggers, what advice do you have to keep us going? All of that is directing you in. So keep coming inside. Even if you do it like 10 minutes a day, just stop. I, I get, I don't want to get up in the morning, right? I just tune in, ground, ground my feet onto the crystal grid. I get the vortex spinning around me and then I'm off for the day. I'm in my, my tools running through the day while I'm doing my, you know, mundane daily chores, whatever it is. Right. So I'm always, I've lived in this vortex for 30 years. It's always running. It's always helping me. It's always keeping me in more of the quantum expanded state. And I would find it was even helping clear stuff out when I'm like, I'm stuck in traffic in LA and all of a sudden, Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I just cleared some old stuff out. So it's working for you. Even when you're busy doing kind of your human life and by, by going through these steps, you're, you're, you're kind of bypassing the, the, uh, what we would call what takes time. So the more that you continue to stay in the, the, the now. So when the mind wants to pull you, you know, out to the future, out to the past, you just say, nope, stop. And if you have to put your hand on your heart and tummy, come back into the body, into the now, just breathe, feel the space around you, the room around you. I'm in the now. So you're you're reorienting constantly to it's a new it's think of it like a new pattern or a new habit. You're training yourself to live in the now. So that ways then this process doesn't have to take years and years and years. Right. This process can really um, take off. It can really take off. Support your body as you're going through it because it's it's physical, right? Right. What we're clearing is literally coming out of the organs, right, and the the muscle and the bone and and the psyche. I mean, it's physical clearing. Support your body, however you uh, uh, are are feeling guided to. Um, I always take like a salt bath every night to clean my aura from whatever's come up. Um, I do a lot of uh, breath work and like you can do Kundalini yoga. You, I go out in nature every day I can because nature is a natural zero point field. More that you get in nature. I do actually do all my healing work on myself in nature um, in the, in the, by the Creek, you know, in the woods. And so that I'm, uh, really humming and vibrating at zero point as I'm doing the work. Even if you live in the city, if you can go to a park anywhere to be able to support this process, uh, nature, nothing can materialize in this, in this planet 
without nature. So I can remember when I first started, I was living in LA, I was in the Marina del Rey actually, and, and I kept getting, you know, I walked every morning along the beach and was uh, doing my meditations. And they said, walk all the way out to the end of the jetty. You need to start merging with the elementals. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I don't even know what that means, right? You know, so I would walk all the way out there, right? And I was literally surrounded by the elements, right? You know, air, fire, water, earth, and starting to unite my field with the field of nature that was then you can start to manifest better you can start to manifest easier you're working with the elementals they are teaming with you right they're uniting with you to help you bring it from the wave state to the particle state so it can actually materialize so there's things you can do uh lots of processes to do to support all of the the clearing the purging the healing Sometimes, you know, the human part of us just goes, oh, my God, I cannot believe I just thought I was done with that. You know, I cannot believe that's coming up again. It just means you went to a deeper level. Once this clears, you rise above that vibration so it can never come back in. That's the beauty of working in the quantum vortex. That's why you they call it the ascension, right? You keep ascending higher and higher energy octave waves, right, so that you're rising out of what you just completed or cleared and you're so if if you get discouraged you know maybe take a week off and just you know lull around (laughs) and let your give yourself a break until you feel motivated to get back in and keep it going but i would not um i would not stop this process the reward is so phenomenal i would just encourage you to keep going Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The reward, again, is phenomenal. And so just keep going. Do not get discouraged. And for anyone who's been doing this work, I know many of the people watching have been doing this for years now and are getting better at recognizing the energies that move through the body, getting uh, better at uh, recognizing the triggers and how we overcome it. And the good news is, like you said, there's such beauty on the other side. There's such beauty. Yes, and going through that process, you're becoming, in a sense, your own healer, right? You're becoming your own master. You're becoming your own guru. So that is also what's happening. As you step it up, right, and and start to do it yourself, you really are growing and expanding. Yes. So happy growing and expanding, everyone. (laughs) It really is beautiful. And if you out there listening and watching, if you've enjoyed this, if you're enthralled by it, if you're intrigued by it, if it resonates with your heart, then we invite you to work with Meg. She is a beautiful New Earth mentor. She is so diligent in what she offers as support on this process and this journey. And I'm going to put a link in the Zoom chat, um, wherever you're watching this video, you can see the page has this information on it. It's a 21-day course, and it's the 21-day Master Class Spiritual Mentoring Package. This is comprehensive, answers everything quantum in this process of ascension, and Meg is your guide. What a beautiful guide. Meg, tell us what is included in this beautiful program. So this is uh, this is a program that I taught live and it's all been recorded and you're going to download the whole workshop, the whole entire course. 
And it it's, you know, they say it takes three weeks to build a new habit, right? A new pattern. So it starts with week one and then week two and week three. And in it is uh, an, uh, three hour videos for each of those three weeks and a lot of information, a lot of information because um, it, it was a live course. There's just fascinating Q&A, lots of great questions. People are coming up that are really really excited about it. And then we do practice sessions as well. And it takes you from where we started, where it's just uh, understand, getting the understanding of how to work with Metatron and his his uh, process all the way to getting to the, the Taurus, right? Getting the Taurus uh, more activated. So I always kind of think of it as like womb to tomb, right? It start to finish this practice. Uh, so each week it gets more advanced. It also has protocols of exercises that you can start to work on immediately. And then uh, uh, I think there's four or five recorded meditations. You can immediately start to apply the steps of this process into your life to begin to really take your spiritual in, especially if you have no spiritual practice, this lays it in for you. It's, a, it's basically I'm handing you a spiritual practice you can do uh, every day. Like I mentioned, doesn't have to be long and laborious. You know, you could just listen to the meditation every morning and get going. And it's it's um, to me, it's it's a way for you. Like I said, it's a shortcut. It's a way for you to really jumpstart this process that we're talking about of moving from the old human energetics into your own pillar, your own light body. So it's uh it, you know, you can be starting a newbie, right? You know, or you could already have worked with other uh, modalities and you're ready to go to the quantum level. So it's it's for everybody. Absolutely. Thank you for this. Again, all of your teachings and works is so exquisite. We have comments I want to share on our YouTube channel. Welcome to everyone watching us on YouTube. Um, Red Heart says, you are a very pure teacher. Yeah. People love what they were feeling. Um, uh, JJ says, been doing this every day since 2016. Nice. Transform my life. I will concur with that and say, this is one of my go-to tools as well, Meg. Thank you so much for sharing it with us and um, being that aspect of Metatron to share it and be bold to share it so freely and widely when we do this it is i don't i, I want to be careful with my words here but there's a word bulletproof that i used when i started doing yoga because i don't like that term anymore we're beyond that but there's something about that nothing can disturb us we are fully empowered and fully anchored when we do this work and so what a beautiful package and a support offering that you have for the community out there so please check it out and register for it you'll get an immediate download and you can begin right away if you need assistance we have a two payment plan because we want to make this easy for you to begin to work with it in any event we hope that you've enjoyed this activation today what an activation if all you do is Cultivate this, your soul light within your body. Wow, you have done tremendous work for your life, for the lives of those in your circle, and for the planet itself. If you ever wonder what you can do for the collective, 
this is the work you do for the collective. This is it first. And uh, it it, it takes me back to Lemuria when we wanted to uh, assist the planet, letting the laggards come in, raising the frequency from our emanation of love. We didn't do that exactly the way we intended but here we are thousands of years later tens of thousands of years later and now we have this opportunity to do so so as we move through this weekend oh my goodness yeah (laughs) into the aquarian age to come out of it a little bit like you mentioned i guess 90 days we'll be out of it later in the fall right through the election process here in the u.s fascinating yes but it's just an important, potent time. So everyone, check out this package. Register if it resonates with your heart. Work with Meg. She is a beautiful New Earth Ascension Way shower. Thank you, Meg. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be with all of you. Love to all of you. Okay. Any final thoughts as we say goodbye? I would also really tune into, we were talking earlier about this being an eight year, really tune into the infinity. This is where when you go quantum, you open to infinite possibilities. And so as you're you know, going through the process and clearing and activating more of your pillar of light, your light body, just keep that in mind. I'm going quantum. I am opening to infinite possibilities. And this year is going to support that the whole year. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. And and you mentioned zero point. And I also see that the infinity symbol, guess what that crossing point is in the middle. So we can be in the center of that infinity symbol, zero point, Mm -hmm. as we manifest with infinite possibilities. Be quantum. Let's say I am quantum. 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 Thank you all for listening to this quantum conversation. And thank you for being quantum. Meg, you are a bright light. Big love to you. Thank you. Thank you, Loren. Bye, everyone. Bye. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation. And thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. Okay, we're going to jump right into the last one here. This is called Mysteries of the Knights Templar. Alchemical oh. Rites and Pineal Activation. Okay, right. How did the Knights Templar practice and protect the science of alchemy inherited from Atlantis and applied to active and to activate the pineal gland? Follow the journey of the Knights Templar across the globe as the secret order decided and spread the mysterious substance known as mana. Why we, excuse me, we explore how monoatomic gold and copper 
were used in rites and rituals for longevity and levitation by Egyptian pharaohs, Vedic rulers, and even biblical figures. Hosts Timothy Hogan and Scott Scott Walter. Mm-hmm. W-O-L-T-E-R. Okay. Uh, discuss and demonstrate in Gaia's lab the three basic alchemical phases, digestion, distillation, and... and what is that? Calcination. It is, is it possible the Knights Templar understood alchemy? as both a science and a spiritual metaphor throughout history for the ascension of human consciousness. All right, this is 26 minutes. Let's do it. Mm. What is alchemy and how did the Templars become proficient in the practice of it. I'm Timothy Hogan, Grand Master of the Knights Templar. And I'm Scott Walter, a forensic geologist and a Knights Templar. And this is Mysteries of the Knights Templar. One of the main technologies that the Templars rediscovered and implemented was the science of alchemy. But what is alchemy? Alchemy was the precursor to chemistry. In fact, uh, the word chemistry comes from alchemistry, and the word alchemy or alchemistry itself comes from chem or chemit, which was the ancient name for Egypt. It was believed to be a a science from Egypt that had to do with the science of transmutation or taking something of lesser value and transmuting it into greater value, whether that be taking lead into gold, which is the most popular conception of it, right? but also creating medicines. You take an herb and, and turning it into a medicine that can heal the body. Right. Ultimately, it was also a metaphor for the transformation of consciousness. So transforming the consciousness from a base state to one of a more enlightened state, shall we say. Again, one of the things that the Templars rediscovered was this science of producing monoatomic elements. Yes, yes. Which they referred to as mana. Mm -hmm. They knew this was the mana of the Bible. But they also believed that there are evidence of this all throughout the Torah or the Old Testament where, for example, Moses took the golden calf and burned it into a powder to feed to the wandering Hebrews, where the Templars recognized this as, oh, probably this art of alchemy. I mean, a modern scientist would look at this and, at first and be like, oh, this is just proof that the Bible is there's it's nothing made up it. stories, made up right? stories yeah. but the alchemist understands, though, so actually, yeah, there is a way you can convert metallic gold and other platinum metals into this white powder. Mm-hmm. And other societies have been working with. I mean, the mana of the Bible, which was this monoatomic elements, it had a twofold process. On the one hand, it was superconductive, and so 
if it went into something like a capacitor, like the arc, it would cause the arc to produce a tremendous amount of electricity. So that was on the one hand. On the other hand, it also seemed to make the body more conductive. So when people ingested it, it would heal the body. Is this why we get statements in the Bible talking about certain pharaohs and people living to be 150, 200 and longer years? Is mana the reason for this? And could it actually be true? I think there could be something to it. Certainly we know the Egyptian pharaohs were producing this substance. We find it in Egypt being described on the temple walls. All the places that the Templars set up bases of operation in Egypt, including their commander at Philae, at the Temple of Isis, at the Temple of Hathor, Dendera, places like Edfu, Esna, Abydos, they all had depicted on the walls this process of not only extracting this mana, which they depicted as conical cakes, because when it's formed, when, it, when it's produced, when it's extracted out of things in a jar, that's actually the shape it forms. Mm, okay. So not only was it depicted on these temple walls, but it was usually depicted next to arcs that were also being depicted. Now, the Egyptians' name for it was they called it mifkuts, and sometimes they refer to it as white cake okay. or white gold cake. We find this in the hieroglyphs as well. When I think about gold in the ancient world and the treasures that included gold, I mean, we automatically think that it has monetary value. Mm -hmm. But now we have to rethink that because it's, it's a lot like having a stack of wood, right? That eventually you're going to set fire to that's going to create warmth, right? right? So you see this wood pile as energy, right? Yeah. Well, isn't that the same thing now? Shouldn't we be thinking of metallic gold as really a wood pile of energy that's going to power the ark and be ingested into bodies to help prolong, heal, and, and extend life. It's a great analogy. And, you know, we see this same idea being incorporated and passed on by other ancient cultures. Mm -hmm. In fact, in ancient Sumer, the science of alchemy was known as Graal, G-R-A dot A-L. Probably the origin of the word grail. Right, right. Uh, and in fact, even in uh, Wolfram von Eschenbach's book, Parsable, that was published in the 1200s, it specifically says that the Knights Templar are the guardians of the Holy Grail, and it describes the grail as a stone that burns the phoenix to ashes, after which it comes back renewed and it restores health and vitality to the Templars who live off of it. Well, this is an alchemical metaphor. I mean, it's, it's oh, literally sure. talking alchemy. I mean, uh, it's, so. it's describing the processes, right, of alchemy. That's exactly right. What we know as mana amongst the Hebrews uh, is found amongst the Sumerians as being called shimana. And the shimana was also said to help power the flying crafts that the Anunnaki, or the gods, right. were flying around in. And again, remember, the equal-armed cross that the Anunnaki used was adopted by the Templars, too, for that. And this goes all the way back to being the national symbol, if you will, 
of the Atlanteans. That's exactly right. And we find it not only uh, in, in this region of the Middle East, but we find it as far away as India. In India, we, we find it being called Mani. So instead of Mana, it's Mani. Yeah. Or sometimes Chintamani. And in some of the Vedic texts, it also talks about Vimanas, which was the same flying craft as we find in the Shimanas of Sumer. Uh-oh. But this is the Vedic tradition of it. So, right. But we the, the commonality here is the word mana. mana. Now, the Templars, they came out of Allegensian families, you know, the original Templars. Those Albigensians or Cathars, they, they had a ceremony as well, which was a communion rite, which involved using this mana in the form of communion. And they called it the Mani Sola ceremony, uh-huh. uh, which, of course, again, Mani, Mana. And then in the Polynesian cultures, ancient Polynesian cultures, we find the same idea being utilized in the name of mana. So... It's the same substance being described in all of these ancient cultures, which suggests quite strongly that there was a common root for this science. And this is what brings us back to Atlantis. Yes, yes. It's just another piece of evidence that ties this thing together. Tim, if I may, I have a beautiful green tablet here. And uh, this is something that is actually mentioned in our treasure list that is in some other documents that we have. And it mentions the Emerald Tablet. So I know that this has a connection with Egypt. Um, please share. Well, according to tradition, this, this tablet is a, known as the Emerald Tablet of Hermes. It's an instruction panel for how to produce something known as the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Philosopher's Stone was said to be able to transmute base metals into gold, heal the body, and awaken consciousness more. Which, if you were able to do all these things, you would truly be a master of this world, right? So that mm-hmm. was uh, one of the goals of alchemy. But this tablet was said to have been produced in antiquity by Hermes or Hermes Trismegistus, as he's sometimes called, the Hermes the Thrice Great or Thrice Illustrious, which this character, by the way, we also find in Parsifal. And in that story, Parsifal, by Wolfram von Eschenbach, there's a character known as Trevisrent the Hermit who helps to guide Parsifal. Well, Trevisrent means threefold knower and Hermit comes from Hermes. Right. So Hermes, the threefold knower, is Hermes Trismegistus. So obviously this is a reproduction. This is not an original emerald tablet, and it's certainly not made of real emerald. So um, what exactly is it that this tablet is made from, and where is it now? Well, so the, the actual emerald tablet of Hermes was said to have been discovered at Siwa, in Egypt, some say it was discovered near Abydos at, at the Osirian, which was a place where the alchemical process was being implemented in ancient Egypt. And according to tradition, that's also where the god Osiris was said to be buried. Supposedly, Alexander the Great discovered a tomb there with this emerald tablet and Aristotle helped him to translate it. And this was part of his own mission. 
But the original emerald tablet, we don't think it was actually made of emerald. In no. fact, it was probably made of a copper acetate, which looks like emerald. That was made using an alchemical process, right? An alchemical process, right. that's right. And this was significant because if you take copper and you're able to convert it to a copper acetate, then by heating that copper acetate, you could actually very easily extract copper monoatomic atoms from it or uh -huh. copper mana, which was said to help restore youth and, and other things of that nature. So hmm. the the emerald tablet that was said to have been brought over in the records and put into one of the vaults in the Americas here, here uh, by the order is said to be of this copper acetate substance. Okay. So it's not a real emerald, <laughs> but but it, it fits as an emerald in terms of a description. And in fact, even in, again, going back to Wolfram von Eschenbach's book, Parsable, it describes the grail as an emerald that fell out of Lucifer's crown when there was a war in heaven. And it was brought to earth uh, by neutral angels, is what they said. Could that be a metaphor or an allegory for maybe an extraterrestrial impact that brought in different chemistry than we have here? It, it absolutely could. And I and I think it's also alluding to this emerald tablet, this, yeah. you know, and this emerald copper acetate process. Let's talk about the process, okay? Can you describe the various stages of alchemy? Yeah, different alchemical texts uh, describe the process in different ways. You know, sometimes there are seven steps, sometimes there are 12 steps, depending on how detailed you want to get in it. And what you're doing, right? And what you're doing. But ultimately, it can be broken down into three main steps, which were known as digestion, in which... The thing was dissolved in a liquid, basically a, a liquid menstruum, a solvent. So if you were working with a metal, you wanted to dissolve it in an acid. Right. If you're working with an herb, you might want to use alcohol or even water. Mm -hmm. You're trying to digest. Break it down. Break it down, just like your stomach does yep. with digestion. And the second stage was distillation. Mm -hmm. By heating the liquid... You extract the heart and vital parts of the thing you're working on, and it turns into a steam. By heating it, the liquid turns into a steam and then can be collected into another vessel, which was fundamental to this. I mean, it, it helped to remove the impurities. And in fact, the Emerald Tablet itself mentions it says you must separate the subtle from the thick and gross. It's one of the things it says on the tablet. And so it's talking about how do you liberate these subtle essences, the, the beneficial ones, from the the things that aren't good for us. Right. So this was this was one of the ways to do it. The final stage of the alchemical process then would be calcination, calcination. in which the the remaining dross body that was at the bottom of the flask had to be burnt down to ashes and those ashes scattered to the four winds of heaven mm -hmm. and ultimately the mana or the monoatomic elements as well as other beneficial minerals could be extracted from it mm. and and this is where you got your white stone and it was believed that 
There are allusions to this uh, in the New Testament as well. For example, in Revelations, it says, to he who overcometh will be given the hidden mana in the precious white stone. <laughs> well, again, it's probably alluding to this process. And there, there are other things too. Many of the symbolism associated with even the birth of Jesus had alchemical undertones to it that the Templars came to associate with. One of the places you can extract these monoatomic elements is from sea salt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this mana was also referred to as bread, mana bread, or shoe bread is another name for it. But in the story of Jesus, you have the Virgin Mary, right? Mary or Maria means sea or salt water. And if you heat seawater, what do you get? You get an immaculate conception of salt. Right. It suddenly crystallizes. It crystallizes. Seemingly out of thin air. That's right. And salt is a salt cube. And if you unfold the cube, you get a cross. You get a cross. That's right. And hidden within that cross, then, is this mana. And, of course, in the story of the virgin birth of Jesus, he's born in Bethlehem. And... Bethlehem literally means house of bread. <laughs> so here we have this allusion to this entire alchemical process, and it and it goes even beyond that. But the Templars saw this and recognized there was alchemical metaphors all throughout the Bible, right. and that it alluded to these processes. The Templars saw that the Egyptians, you know, as they were studying the temple walls in Egypt. And they saw the alchemical processes on the walls, and it had been preserved for thousands of years. So it wasn't an original idea. It wasn't an original idea. Following in the footsteps of what they had discovered in Egypt. That's right. They knew that, that sense. They knew that they could imply, you know, Pythagorean ideas, sacred geometry, and other things to build new temples or cathedrals throughout Europe. And on them, they could preserve this knowledge. And we know one of the things that scholars have never really been able to get their head around is the fact that, yes, there are alchemical processes being outlined on all of the cathedrals. There was an um, author by the name of Fulcanelli, who was an alchemist, who wrote a book called Mystery of the Cathedrals that gets into this very well. But the only people that were translating alchemical Greek and Roman alchemical texts at the time were groups like the Sabaeans mm -hmm. and the Druze and certain mystic Islamic groups in the Middle East. So we need to ask ourselves, how did this knowledge that was being translated in the Middle East find its way onto the buildings in places like France? In medieval France, well, the answer is the only people that were associating with these other groups and building these cathedrals were the Templars. Were the Templars. You know, if we go back to the Emerald Tablet, you mm -hmm. know, the Emerald Tablet literally starts out saying, as above, so below, <laughs> that there was a relationship between the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. This was fundamental to alchemy, the study of the stars. Uh, in fact, the word Templar itself comes from temple, mm -hmm. and the word temple comes from templum, which means time. But it would time comes from measuring 
the stars, the, the procession of the stars. Right. So the Templar Order was very concerned with following these stars, not only for alchemical operations, but these same ideas then started to get applied to things like navigation. One of the other groups that the Templars were associating with and learning alchemy and astronomy and astrology from was the Sabaeans. They existed primarily in northern Turkey, mm -hmm. in the area of Haran, near Gobleki Tepe. Gobleki Tepe. And uh, their name, Sabaean, probably comes from the Egyptian word Saba, which means stargate. <laughs> and throughout Egypt, at all of these locations where these alchemical processes are being depicted, the other thing we also find is this word Saba, or Stargate, being depicted in the Sanctum Sanctorum, or Holy of Holies, of these temples. When we factor in the other uses of alchemy found around the ancient world with the Shimana, the Vimanas, these flying crafts, and let's not forget, too, that even Solomon himself, according to the Kebred Ganesk text, which is an Ethiopian text, talks about how King Solomon had a flying ship that he used to fly around to go visit from Jerusalem to Ethiopia to visit the Queen of Sheba regularly. And we also know, according to the Torahs, would receive 666 talents of gold a year in exchange for bread. Well, again, bread is a metaphor for the mana, and that number 666 in the ancient world was really the number of transformation. So what we're talking about here is transforming or transmuting gold into the mana. Yeah. And this mana, of course, was stored in the ark, which was in turn stored in the temple. The temple was built to store the ark. To house the ark. Exactly. Okay. But it could also be used for Solomon's flying ship. This goes back to that levitation properties of mana. So let me ask you this. When... Well, in church, when they talk about the wine represents the blood of Christ and the bread represents his body, is this going back to this whole alchemical process of mana and transmutation? Yes. According to the Templar tradition, the original communion rites, the, the Eucharist that's practiced right. within Christianity and was practiced in the ancient world by the ancient Egyptians the Babylonians and others, the Mithraic cults, they all had these similar communion rites. But originally, we believe, based on what we see in the temple walls, that the bread, the original bread for this, was this mana, these right. monotomic elements. And if you tweak those elements a particular way, you can transmute them and turn them into this red substance, which the Templars came to call the red lion, mm -hmm. or sometimes the blood of Christ, right. because it looks and tastes like blood, and it was said it heals the body. So this was the original communion. Ingesting it helped to heal the body, awaken consciousness to the bigger order. And again, this is something found throughout the ancient world. Another example of this, the Chintamani that's found within the ancient Indian traditions and also ancient Chinese and Manichaean traditions that moved up into Tibet, you know, also make reference to it. 
But what it's suggestive of is that the ingestion of this actually helps to stimulate the pineal gland, mm-hmm. which is the kind of the radio receiver for the environment. The pineal gland, as it picks it up subtle vibrations from the environment around it, it releases melatonin. Mm-hmm. Melatonin is body's best natural antioxidant, but it's also the chemical messenger for serotonin. And serotonin is what regulates all the other glands of the body to respond to the environment. So by stimulating this area, which was also known as the third eye in some traditions. It heightens awareness. It heightens awareness. In in fact, in Aramaic, it was referred to as the nazar or the third eye, the brow. And this is what we believe was really the origin of the word Nazarene. So Jesus, the Nazarene, right, would have been Jesus with an open third eye, basically. Of all the things that the Templars recovered, rediscovered, when the order rose to prominence, the secrets of alchemy are absolutely the golden prize, if you will. But these secrets of alchemy were the power that really allowed them to become so powerful and successful. I'm convinced of it. And they were universal. It allowed them to associate with groups all over the world who also had these secret practices. I mean, you can't think of a further, more closed-off place during the time of the Templars than Tibet, for example. Right. And even in Tibet, we find the the famous mantra, Om Mani Padmi Hum. Om representing the word of creation. Mani being the precious jewel, which is the the white stone, the the mana, padmi being what was the crown chakra or the, or the opening of the head right? Uh, in the Kabbalistic tradition referred to as keter, and whom was the completion. So truly, by obtaining this precious white stone, this mana, you were able to overcome, just like Revelation says, this is what the Tibetan stuff says, and this is what the Grail tradition is also said, mm. of which the Templars were the guardians. But ultimately, the purpose of this was to allow us to be in harmony with our environment, with the universal order, with each other, with the animals and the other people around us. And it was believed if you were able to be in this harmony, then everything else would fall into place. Government structure could fall into place. Democracy could work. The power of the individual could shine, right? And freedom could be truly expressed. So it's pretty clear to me that alchemy gave the Templars the science of Atlantis, which they then took and applied in both old and new ways. Yeah, this was definitely one of the secrets, the royal secret, if you will, that had been passed on by the Templars. Thank you for watching this episode of Mysteries of the Knights Templar. Oh, my. Okay, so um, I see you're there, Rainbird. So, um, yes, that emerald serpent feathered one is with this talking stick and all the angels, fairies, feathers, rainbows, crystals, Menahudi, Sasquatch, uh, angels, and great beings. And uh, here it comes.
It's your turn. Rainbird, here it comes. <laughs> okay, okay, I've got that. <laughs> and I'm echoing. Oh, oh, it's good now. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, a good evening for sure. <laughs> and uh, a, a lot, a lot going on with that. Uh, Meg, she was flying through that whole process. <laughs> wow, she was so good. Thank you, Meg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd turn anybody on. So, <laughs> thank you for tonight. <laughs> I said that uh, fools can learn to fly these days. So, if anybody can teach us how, Megan can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, I look forward to this afternoon. We can do it all some more. So, I pass the talking stick to you, Robin. Here it comes. Okay. Thank you, Rainbird. Okay, so didn't I tell you we're going to do the closing here mantra go. here. Here we go. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, again. Dry land you'll find only pain in 
was suited to find comfort and peace. In my boundless waters you can dance and feel at ease. Your happiness lies here with me. Creator, I'm with you everywhere. 
tell you it's time for good night we fleet we float we fleet we float we fly uh, we'll leave you for the dream time now everyone and <coughs> thank yous honey in the heart no evil live long and prosper sat nam sat nam all right Have some really sweet dreams, everyone. Namaste. Until we meet again this afternoon, at least in our time. So, aloha, everyone.